Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to episode number six of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Whitney. And I am Brent. Hey, Brent, nice to see you today, man. I'm sounding a lot better, feeling better. Dude, you sound a lot better. I don't know if we look any better, but you do sound a lot better, okay? (laughs) I think you've said it many times. We've got faces for radio. faces for radio. Yeah, for folks that don't know what Whitney's referring to, (laughs) roll back and check out the second half of episode five. Yes. There was a slight issue with my speech dude you were you were hurting unit brent that's that's how i gave my all yeah yeah no it worked out well but uh brent it is uh it's nice to be in the seats here today because it is so cold here in kentucky man ice and snow and everything else but dude we are sitting here at our six month episode and so I would say this is a uh, semi uh, anniversary episode or something like that. And uh, man, so what do you think, dude? Six six months behind the mic. Uh, I think the I think the show's gotten has gotten progressively better with every episode. Still having a great time doing it. What do you think the last six months have been like, man, for you? Well, I think the last six months have been a little hectic just trying to get it all together yeah but yeah as we've marched along it's gotten a little easier to produce the show up, produce yeah. a show and yeah. it's gotten to be more about what the show is as yeah. opposed to just constructing the just show constructing so. the show yeah and you know just kind of pull back the covers for everybody a little bit brent and i uh along with uh, our good buddy edward lutz we were in brent's dad uh, so shout out shout out <laughs> to mr griffith as well or as brent would say old man griffith but uh <laughs> we were doing some uh some live broadcasting and streaming tests last night and, and i was uh, i was talking to brent and i was like brent this is awesome because man dude i set this whole thing up in like three minutes it was essentially the interview rig of it you know it's a smaller board but kind all the cables rig it's a mobile rig for lack of a better term kind of what we use when we do the interviews and things like that uh, on location but yeah man we were able to flop that baby open and get her all set up in in you know three three or four minutes and we were pretty much uh live and uh and on the internet uh pretty pretty daggone fast it's progressing along dude i think what's going to be the what's going to be so nice though is to see where we're at at 18 months or 24 months and you know hopefully uh, hopefully we haven't we haven't thrown in the towel by then no no, 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 no! You don't start something. You don't start something to, to quit. So, no, not at all, man. No, I don't think so. No, sir. But, uh, but no. So we got six months under our belt, and we're we're thankful for everybody who's been hanging with us. And uh, we we get uh, you know a lot of good feedback on the show, Brian. A lot of people really seem to really seem to like the format and, and the proceeds of the show. I, you know, I get a lot so of pers- thank you. I get a lot of direct feedback. I, I've gone to some of the some of the smaller gatherings around town, just as you know, folks get together and play a little pinball, a little video, and and folks. Say, that have listened to the podcast walk yeah. up say we don't hi. even know yeah that we don't even know yeah you know we we really really appreciate that uh, we appreciate everybody listening we appreciate everybody who comments in the threads on clove and Pinside and CoinOps space and just the emails and, and and posting on our Facebook page and everything else. I mean, uh, it, we're we're just very thankful for everybody that's listening. If we're giving shout it's outs, great for the community. If we're giving shout outs. There's Chris that runs the. Uh, I guess he runs both. He I know he runs Friday night the Friday night pinball tournaments at Zanzibar here in Louisville. And the last few times we spoke, he's hey I've I've listened to the episode. I enjoy it. Chris does an awesome job at Zanzibar doing the running the pinball tournaments. So yeah. you know if if you're here in Louisville or close it's by, or it's just, always too late for me though, Brent. I mean, I'm always like asleep by the time that that thing starts. <laughs> well, they run. I think it's a Tuesday night. They run it. They start at ten on yes. a Tuesday. See, dude, but, I'm I'm all pillow headed by then. Well, you know? Friday, you know, Friday night. 
I, I, don't hold me to this. We're, you know, it's right in that zone. But yeah. um, I think folks start getting there around six. They started right after work, and okay. you know, by six thirty-seven, they're running strong with a tournament. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, I would love to make it down there, but uh, yeah, I mean, Zanzibar's got a great setup. There's, there's no doubt. So yeah, Chris, thanks for the kind words, man. Thank you for the kind words. Well, Brent, let's talk a little bit about what episode number six is going to have because we're going to break a little bit with uh, tradition on this episode and we're going to get into uh, an update uh, on the Louisville Arcade Expo because, uh, it, you know, Brent, as we've kind of alluded to in some of the past episodes, we're going to have a, a really good presence at, at the Arcade Expo this year. So we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. And then we're also going to get into uh, an editorial segment where we're not going to do a deep dive. Brent and I have talked about this and a bit, just kind of going through the, the topic a little bit. And we actually have two editorial segments that, that we're going to do, one this month and maybe one next month or, or the month following. We'll have to kind of see how uh, a couple of our, our interview segments uh, for the upcoming months kind of pan themselves out. But we've had, uh, Brent, we've had a request to do an editorial segment on what is retro and go through the viewpoints and the, the pros, the cons, and, and the discussion points on restored versus refurbished uh, versus reproduction. And we can take that from cabinets to artwork to uh, entire games and so on down the line. So Brent and I are going are, are gonna to talk that through and each give, our, each give our own viewpoints on that. And like I say, that, that came as a, as a direct result or as, as a direct request from some of the feedback on, on one of the episodes or on, uh, on some of the episodes. So well, as you can imagine, we have an opinion just like everyone else on all oh, yeah. of those topics. And oh, yes. if you look back in your own collection, how Whitney, for example, treats his collection, how I treat my collection, what do you want in your collection? There's room for everybody, and there's yes. a lot of opinion. And so there, there we'll, is, we'll talk about it. Yeah, there is a lot of opinion, but I, I think it's I think this type of discussion strikes a chord with everybody, though, because whether you're new in the hobby, uh, whether you've been in the hobby for a few years, or whether you're essentially a veteran at the hobby, you kind of fight through the whole restore versus refurbish versus reproduction scenario, and, and probably on a case-by-case basis, but you also have an opinion on it as well. And uh, it's something that I think about uh, quite a bit while I'm working on games and stuff like that. So I think I think it ought to be pretty neat. But with that, Brent, before we get into talking about what we've been working on uh, since the last episode, why don't we spend a few minutes and talk about uh, the Louisville Arcade Expo and our presence at the show and what's going to be going on with that? We've yeah. got a, a couple major announcements. We've already talked about having a booth at the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in conjunction with the booth, we're actually going to moderate... Uh, some of the panel discussions yes. for the Arcade Expo yeah. on Saturday, March 8th at 1 p.m. Uh-huh. Uh, panel. The first panel we're going to moderate is going to be Gene Cunningham. Yeah, and, and we're yeah. going to talk about a little of his history. Okay. Yeah, and it's going to be great because Gene is from uh, Illinois Pinball, and he's a definitely a celebrated, uh, celebrated uh, individual within the pinball community. And for anybody who made it to last year's show or has listened to uh, the panel discussion with Roger Sharp from last year, this is going to be done in much the same vein. And we're really looking forward to talking with Gene. It should be a, a very lively discussion. And at three o'clock, also on that Saturday, March eighth. Uh, we're going to uh, moderate the panel discussion for Skit B. Yeah, and it's Skit B, not Skip B. And Brent had to correct me on that a couple of times because I kept on saying Skip B, but it is Skit B. Now, uh, Skit B, they produce, or they have produced the 
Predator and the Duck Hut Pinball. Yeah, and, and it's going to be neat to see those, Brent, because they should both be at the show, uh, be out there for everyone to get a little bit of FaceTime with them and kind of kind of run them through the paces. And I think it's going to be interesting to talk with Skit B because we're going to get to find a, find out a lot about what it takes to do uh, custom theming of pinball, uh, re-theming and so on down the line. So it, it's going to be a completely different type of conversation than what we have with Gene Cunningham, but it's going to be kind of, uh, kind of you know, two sides of the same coin. So it, it, those two panel discussions are going to be nice. I'm actually really excited to see the machines. The intention is for them to be there, but you you know, let's let's put the caveat in there that things yeah. can always change with, yeah. with games. We all know how that is. That's exactly right. Um, Anything can happen. I've seen the duck hunt. I've seen videos of that. Yeah. I, and I, I have, admittedly, I have not managed to go out and see, uh, see at least images or videos of the Predator. Mm-hmm. It's talked about quite a bit on other podcasts. It is. And it then is. Usually I'm out and about, and by the time I get in front of a PC, I forget to look it up. I need yeah. to do that. I, I hear a lot of stuff about it, and yeah. I'm really excited to see these machines firsthand. Yeah, yeah so, so we're, we're going to have to do a little bit of prep uh, you know, before the panel discussions, but that's no problem. Brent and I are very used to doing homework, so we ought to be good on that. If everything goes well, we are also planning on live streaming both of those panel discussions as well, uh, straight from the expo, and uh, we will also be recording those uh, panel discussions on top of that. So, uh, Brent, if we keep our fingers crossed and uh, the Internet gods smile on us on that Saturday, we will be uh, streaming the panel discussions and uh, also have them for uh, for inclusion in, in a later show of the podcast as well for anybody who uh, isn't fortunate enough to make it to the show. Since we're also, you know, putting ourselves in this position to try the uh, try the live stream, yeah, toss it on out there, Brent. We're, we're gonna. What we're also looking to do is two live shows. Yes, plan, yes. And we're, we're planning to do planning to do those two, two live, live shows. shows. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a show Friday night, uh, the seventh, and Saturday night, the eighth, and we're gonna start both shows on on each night at mm-hmm. seven p.m. Eastern. Yeah, and, and we're planning on running those to around nine or until whenever Brent and I get tired of talking. So that could be 10, 12. Uh, I, Brent, I'm thinking there. it could be like um, it could be like the 4th of July or something <laughs> like that, you know, but uh, no, all joking aside. Well, the only reason the podcast is so short <laughs> is because we've only got so much hard drive space on the recording yes, grid currently. Yes, it, so. exactly, exactly. So when Audacity crashes, that's when we wrap the show. Yeah, you know, show's over. That's show's our indicator. Over. That's it. Know? That's it. But no, it, it, the booth at the show, Brent, very much so looking forward to that, and we hope that everybody listening will make it out uh, to to see us at our booth pick up uh, a little bit of free swag we're going to print up as much uh, as much uh, bumper stickers and a little bit of merch as uh, Brent, Brent and I's uh, little little paltry investment will allow us to do uh, we're planning on having uh, some some additional merch there if everything goes well we're going to have some podcast some broken token podcast shirts so uh, come on out and outfit the uh, the family. It'll be uh, you know it's not really back to school time, but you know hey buy a shirt anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> so when you make it to the show, uh, make sure you kind of take a look you know take a look around, uh, yeah. look for us. Yes. Um, hopefully we'll be out in a, in a prominent position. We'll have yeah. some signs up on the booth and all yeah, that. And you know banner. we'll be the only gamers around with headphones on and big mic stuff in front of our face. So we won't be too hard to find if you haven't met us in person. So <laughs> no, based upon how we sound, Brent, we won't be hard to find. <laughs> Uh, keep an eye out on uh, KLOV and Pinside. Yeah. Our intention is to go ahead and, and start some threads up, post our show times, our stream times, uh, get the word out, kind of remind everybody, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. If the streaming works out, which it's looking very, very promising, mm-hmm. uh, we would love live feedback as we roll from Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, and give on us the an Facebook opportunity page just to go, well. hey, look, you know, is this here? What's going on? 
uh, what's your thoughts on this? I was out there earlier today and saw such and such, you know, participate. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really want to make, we really want to, uh, reach out to everybody listening and, uh, for, for the people that can make it to the show, you know, if all goes well, we'll have some sit-in guests with us that, that will, uh, that will be adding to the show, you know, during our live streaming. And then it, it'd be nice just to connect with everybody, you know, during those times, uh, that can't make it to the show, but, uh, may, maybe listeners of the show and everything like that. So, you know, we should have a chat room, chat room ready to go and everything like that with the live streaming. So, you know, Brent, we're, you know, we really ought to be kind of you know kicking it up a notch so to speak as far as uh, as far as that goes yeah if you walk up and you see us reco- uh recording slash broadcasting yeah. don't be afraid to say hi you yeah know? oh yeah we may, may pull you in put you yeah on the we show. may pull you in set you down say hey you know who are you where are you from what you doing here did you bring anything just kind of introduce you to the audience and just it's it's going to be kind of a freeform thing we're just yeah. gonna, we're, we're basically going to discuss the intention is what's going on with the show that day what's yeah. what are we seeing what's live yeah bring yeah. the show to the folks yeah bring, bring the show to the folks and then uh you know hey if, if everything works out and and all the technology holds then it will also expand what we can do on future episodes as well so you know ho- hopefully hopefully it'll be you know a, a good bang for the buck everybody will have a good time uh we'll be running pretty much unfiltered so you know i, I know bring we always strive to keep it uh, very clean and family friendly here on the show. But you know, whatever happens at the expo yeah, is going to happen. Yeah, definitely, we, we're in a nice controlled environment right here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we like to at least mention that. We'll ask any guests to keep yeah. a little decorum. But yeah. th- that doesn't mean that st- stuff's not going to happen. Yeah, so exactly. Just, so you know, I, I may let a, let a few fly, you know, inadvertently <laughs> as well, Brent. I'm just going to go ahead and let you know tell you tell you that straight up front. But uh, but no, it ought to be it ought to be a lot of fun. Brent and I've been planning this for several months now and uh, it's really going to be you know really going to be a, a high point for us you know as, as part of our involvement the show it's going to be a ball it's going to be a blast i mean we're gonna have family there and everything like that so it, it ought to be pretty sweet so, so let me hit the dates and times again and okay then, and then like i said our intention is to go ahead and have a clove and a pin side thread yeah and uh, information up on facebook and, and of yeah, course broken token and, yeah. and, and of course broken oh yeah so saturday march 8th 1 p.m. All these times are Eastern. Mm-hmm. Will be the panel discussion with Gene Cunningham. Yeah. Saturday, March 8th at 3 p.m. will be the panel discussion with Skit B. Skit B. And uh, of course, if all goes well, we're going to run two live shows. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Friday, March 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern, and Saturday, March 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yeah. So it ought to be pretty sweet. The only thing that I don't know how we're going to do, Brent, is I don't know how we're going to get uh, the banjos and the bluegrass music there sitting with us there in the booth. Oh, we'll, fi- we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, we'll oh, fi- yeah. so, so we are going to figure I, that out. I'm not worried about the banjos. It's the bass, man. Uh, they, man, I tell you what, they're they're always hard to work with. Yes, they're hard to work with. There's a lot of space. <laughs> a lot of space and they lot, swing. That, that they do. That they do. So. All right, Brent, that sounds great. We are looking forward to seeing everybody at the expo. So, Brent, why don't we... Uh, Uh, Why don't we break here and let's talk about what we've been up to since last episode. Okay, Brent, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what I've had going on for the past month, uh, you know, in between episodes and and kind of give everybody uh, out there listening an update on, you know, where my projects stand and, and kind of what I've been working on. Admittedly, Brent... I don't have as much uh, as much to talk about this month. I've I've just been busy with uh, with work and 
uh, just a few pro, you know, a few home projects and everything. But I do have some some substantial uh, updates that I did want to talk about. So the first one is this whole this whole project flip flop uh, deal that I've had going on, Brent. I'm I'm very happy because you know half of it's done. I'm working on the orange Donkey Kong three at this point in time. But Brent, I, I run into a problem, and it's it's a problem that. I knew that I was going to hit, and it it has taken me a while to solve this. And it may sound like it's a little bit extreme, but I'm very, uh, admittedly, I'm very OCD about what I do. And so I, I wanted to make sure that that I was able to get uh, was able to get this problem solved. And people are going like, oh, "Man, just just say it already, just spit it out." <laughs> Brent's looking at me, giving I'm me like, give, "What I'm, is it?" He's, is it? he's over here giving me the stink eye, going, "What could this be?" Does it does it tilt like an eighth an inch to the left? <laughs> no, or something? no, 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 no. And it doesn't fall over on people on its own accord or anything like that. Now, so so Brent, one of the one of I guess the issues that I've that I see with most every every Nintendo game. Is the faces on the coin max are just beat? Oh, to, I thought you were just gonna... beat to. They they just have the living daylights just beat I, out I was, of them. Okay? I, in all honesty, I was expecting you to say that it was the base. Uh, the base? No, I actually take care of the base as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about that for so just, for just okay. a few minutes. But coin max, okay. And you know, Brent, I like the coin doors to be nice and smooth and black and and be and and have a have a nice finish to them. Mm-hmm. I don't like them all scratched up and everything like that. But. Uh, a lot of the coin mechs that I've that I've pulled out of my games don't work, or they're they're gummed up, or this or that. So, uh, several years back, when I knew that I was going to start acquiring some Nintendo games, I I reached out to Asai Seiko, which is the manufacturer of the coin mechs in the Nintendo games. Okay, and I was able. So you to, actually reached you went to the manufacturer. I went to the manufacturer. Okay, and I did this first in two thousand nine. Okay, right. and I, I placed an order with Asai Seiko for four coin mechs, all right? And these these were the actual coin mechs used in... Uh, They're still still in production, or do they have old when, stock? Or? <laughs> well, they were in production in 2009. As of today, they're not, and, and that's, that's part well, of the problem. I'm just shocked that they were... That's amazing. It, it, well, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty amazing story in and of itself, and that's the reason, that's reason why I wanted to bring this up, because I, I, I thought you know people would, would kind of get a kick out of this. So... So in 2009, Brent, when I when I started going down this whole Nintendo cabinet, this whole Nintendo row scenario, where I I, I essentially decided that I, I wanted to build out this really nice Nintendo row, I thought, okay, well, in order to do the games justice, I want really nice looking coin mechs, and so uh, with the ones that I was pulling out of the machines. They were they were nasty, and it's not that cleaning it's not that cleaning them up wouldn't have you know wouldn't have sufficed. It was more so, you know, how do I refinish the how do I refinish the faces on the coin mechs and have them look and have them look good without painting them or plating them or powder coating them or something along those lines. So I was trying to go for something as as original as possible. And so I decided, well, why don't I just reach out to Asahi Seiko and see what they have in stock. Or what they can sell. Well, sure enough, and and I would say as a surprise to me, I was able to purchase uh, at that point in time in 2009 uh, four coin mechs that same part number, same same everything from what Nintendo used 30 years now, ago. Now, was there a U.S. distributor that you were able to go through, or were no, you actually I went, communicating? I went straight to Asahi Seiko in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, and I bought straight from the manufacturer. Okay, and I could tell that they. Oh, I was did. thinking you were going to have. 
have to go all the way to Japan. It, well, Asahi Seiko has to go to Japan. Okay, okay. So but, there's but there's a, a U.S. There, office. There, there okay. is all a right. U.S. office, uh, but but it is a manufacturer's office in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. Now today, Asahi Seiko primarily uh, specializes in magnetic uh, card readers and uh, you know bill let's say you know bill changers and things like that. They they have. So moved on from the twenty five from the twenty five cent or the token coin mech, it's not even funny. But I I found a guy at Asahi Seiko. It took several tries, but I found a gentleman there who knew what I was talking about and was able to go back and go back into their stock and find uh, coin mechs that they have literally had laying around for years. Okay. So he shipped me four of them, and what's nice is he didn't charge me an arm and a leg for them either. <laughs> and, and so here's the thing, Brent. For anybody who wants new coin mechs, the only place that I know to go buy new Asahi Seiko coin mechs is at Mike's Arcade. And if you go, and Brent, this is no slam at all against Mike's Arcade. I mean, Mike has to Mike has to turn a profit. He has to he he has a business. He has to make money. But if you look at what is what um, Mike is charging for each one of those coin mechs on his website, it becomes prohibitively expensive to outfit your Nintendo machines with new coin mechs. But if you go to the distributor straight or straight to the man, I'm sorry, not the distributor. If you go straight to the manufacturer, you can get these coin mechs uh, for significantly less. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to quote a price because I don't know what a Seiko would do for anyone else who calls. Okay, but I'll just leave it at significantly less. Significantly less. Okay, and so. At that point, and I, and Brent, just between you and I and the listeners here, I think uh, I you think and they, I and the internet, you and I and the internet, I think they were actually surprised that somebody called them and said, <laughs> "Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to order up some of these coin mechs for a Donkey Kong." And and, and and I know the biggest part of the people there didn't even know what I was talking about. So they, did you actually? You mentioned the, guy did. You mentioned the part number earlier. So did you actually yeah. call up and, and initially say you're doing this for a Nintendo such and such? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I want this part number coin mech. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and and I told them what it was for. I sent them pictures of it and everything like that. And uh, like I say, one one guy there knew what I was talking so about. It, it, you may know this, Whitney. I yeah. have seen uh, on the Nintendo's a, a slightly different version of, I guess, of that faceplate. Uh, is there, the, yes. the coin return. The, the, the coin return. Uh, either uh, the coin return can have a shroud or a loop. Or a loop. Or, or okay. a loop, okay. And I, I wanted the ones with the loops on them, okay. And they can either have a button to actuate the, the coin oh, return right. mechanism or they can have a lever, mm-hmm. okay, to actuate the coin mechanism, the coin return mechanism. From what I understand in my research has, has, uh, has shown me is the levered uh, coin mechs were used on the cocktail cabinets and the and the push button mechanisms were used on the uprights okay, okay. all right so so with that brand in 2009 i was able to get four brand new asai seiko coin mechs shipped to me and i used two in my red donkey kong and i used two in the in my uh, in half a project flip-flop for the for the blue junior okay and so uh I was out of coin max and uh, everything else that I had was was just beat to uh, you know it was just beat to you know heck and back so to speak and um, and you're kicking yourself for not having bought six and, or eight and, back and in 2009. That's ex- see Brent that's and therein yeah. lies the problem. I should have ordered 15 or 16 of them at that point in time, you know to flesh out uh, to flesh out a good looking Nintendo row. So so here's the thing before I started down this whole project flip flop initiative here. 
Uh, I'd contacted Asai Seiko back around Halloween of last year. So so here, here of 2013. Are, of 2013. So, and thank you, Brent, because last year doesn't mean anything if somebody's catching up on the back yep, catalog yep. five years from now. So you're right. So let's say October 2013 is when I is when I initially reached out to Asai Seiko again and said, hey. Um, I worked with this gentleman back in 2009. I ordered some of these coin mechs. I need to order some more. Well, as luck would have it, that gentleman had since left the company, and nobody knew nobody knew what I was talking about. Not a single person. I went through probably five people. Okay, and no no one could find these coin mechs at all. And so, uh, you know, fast forward a few months, uh, I finally get uh, I finally get one gentleman who who would actually return my calls, and he said, you know, Whitney, I don't know what we're after. Uh, even after looking at the pictures, he's like, this doesn't even exist in our parts catalog any longer. Um, he said, we, we have another 25 cent coin make, but I don't know that that's really, I don't know that that's really what, what you're after. Okay. So, um, so, you know, a couple months go by where, wherein, you know, every couple weeks he would call me and then I would call him immediately back. He would have to do some more research, call me back. And, and it just, it just went on and on. Until finally, Brent, just this past week, uh, he called me and said, uh, Whitney, you are in luck. I have found uh, five coin mechs, okay, of the, of the model that you are after. And, uh, and he says, and these are the last five that we have. Anywhere. Anywhere. And he said, the only way to get these particular coin mechs again is we would have to go back to the manufacturer in Japan, or, well, they are the manufacturer, but back to their plant, I suppose, in Japan, and they would have to do an order for these push-button mechs. And he says, and, and in order to produce them and get them here to the United States, we're probably looking at another six to nine months. And I'm like, hey, man, Project Flip Flop can't, can't, <laughs> it can't wait it six can't, to nine months. It can't wait no six to nine months, you know, so... So with that, uh, you know, I, I very quickly. Uh, so so I'm guessing this guy was just kind enough to call every shop that they had across the country and hope that someone would wander back yeah. in the warehouse that they had and yeah. look on the shelf. He he did me a solid brand is, is what it turns out. So so I got to be funny as if they were like in Lexington or something. <laughs> and for folks that don't know, Lexington is what an hour from yeah, here, about an hour from here. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. So, Brent, he, so he he helped me out, and That's I think awesome. and I think he helped me out because I was so persistent, and I was I was um, I, I want to say genuinely interested in these products, and and he knew what I was using them for and what I was doing with them. And telling him you lived in Nevada and that you were actually going to come visit him probably didn't hurt. <laughs> it didn't no. hurt. It didn't hurt at all. <laughs> and, and I said, but I moved from Kentucky. That's why I've got this number. Yeah, and it's like, man, you're going to ship them to Kentucky, and he goes, ship them to where? And I'm like, you know, Kentucky. It's a state. <laughs> you all have electric. <laughs> yeah. And and so Brent, this so this past week, I I was so happy because. A box showed up on my front porch from Asahi Seiko, and it had those coin mechs That's in awesome. it. That's so, awesome. So I can so I can finish out my DK3. I have enough to finish out my Popeye. I have enough to finish out my Versus cabinet, and I also have enough to finish out uh, the one mech that is needed for my Mario Brothers. And so, or my radar scope that was converted to a Mario Brothers, and that's a whole different topic to get into. That's a factory red cabinet as well that that has had a um, that has had a Mario Brothers uh, retrofit done to it. I, I'm so. thinking cottage industry here, and in that 
you figure out what the plating process is and then you just remanufacture, no, no, remanufacture, you just refurbish. If, if, if you could get the play, the, if you could get the, the faces of the coin mix, uh, replated again, and it's probably, uh, it's probably like a dip, uh, you know, like a, like a zinc plating dip or something like that, Brent, where, uh, where they, they had that just incredibly smooth finish, mm-hmm. you are you are right. It could be another cottage industry. It really could uh, because I know that there's got to be a desire for for these you know for these mechs out here. But uh, and for anybody who's keeping count, I did mention that I that I need more mechs than what Asai Seiko sent me. So I did have to order two of the mechs with the levers on them. But uh, fortunately enough, when they came in, I popped the box open. They they are a direct replacement for the for for the cocktail i've actually think uh you've got me thinking i have to walk around the corner here once once uh we're finished up uh recording yeah but i think i've got an upright that's got the lever mech yeah and and that's and and that's pretty Uh, i think that's pretty common yeah pretty pretty typical but but from but from uh my nintendo research the buttons were used on the upright the levers were used on the cocktails and i think that's just because of the vantage point of where you were from sitting down and having to lean over and you know, and, and, and actuate that. So, so yeah, so Brent, I, I'm stoked because, uh, you know, it, it's something, like I say, it's something that I freely admit, you know, I, I want my machines to look good. It adds to the enjoyment that I get when I play them, uh, when they work well, when they look good. And when, and when you can step back and say, you know, I've got the best looking machine that I could put together that I could make. And, um, you know, the coin doors and the coin mechs are, are a big part of that for me. It's the, it's, you know, it's, it's part of the front facing of the machine. And it's something that immediately draws your eyes if they're all skinned up and bungled up and, you know, have holes in it and, you know, has a dent and everything like that. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I like that patina. I like that, that well-played look and, you know, I don't mind it either, but I don't. I I just don't want it. I just don't want it look yeah. beat. I don't mind a little patina myself, but um, one of the first things I will go and kind of touch up. Yes, is uh, is a coin door. Well, it, what especially I, usually around the lock because the lock area tends to get the lock area tends, tends to get a lot of scratches and, and you know just a lot of uh, bite marks on it. But uh, what I did on what I've done on all my Nintendo coin doors is I've got a, a friend of mine who uh, who has a um, who has a blasting cabinet. And uh, you know a, a media blasting cabinet, and I've taken all my coin doors over to him, and I've blasted every one of the coin doors uh, clean, uh, touched them up where where necessary, and uh, straightened them up where necessary, and then uh, I just bring them back home, and then I prime them, and I, I shoot them with spray paint, and believe it or not, Brent, they look fantastic. But it takes several coats, yeah. and it takes me a week to paint my coin doors. Oh, because, I can see that. I can because see that. I, I I'll I'll do a rough primer coat and let it sit come back and do a top primer coat and then uh, let it sit overnight and cure and then do a, then do a final primer coat and let it sit overnight and cure and then it then it takes me essentially three coats of of color to get to get the you know the coin door exactly where I want it to be and and I wait a day in between each now, one of these I think you've mentioned coats. this before but yeah. what what paint are you using what what brand paint You know it's uh, it, it it's a Krylon it's a Krylon paint. No, I'm so no, no, no. I apologize. I apologize. I said Krylon. It's not. It's Rust-Oleum. But it it is one of the it is one of the professional grade Rust-Oleum uh, spray paints. And I will. Uh, I've got the cans at home. I'll get the info and I'll make sure that I include a picture of that in the blog post because the primer and the paint. You have to, I, I've, Brent. I have tried every combination under the sun with primers and paints, and I only get the finish. 
and the coverage and the ease of application out of these large, they're, they're large metallic like silver uh, cans of Rust-Oleum paint, and they are the professional grade. And the now, pro- are you having to order these online? No, or? no, no. You can get them at Lowe's or Home Depot, but you, but you have to hunt for them. Okay, okay. Right. You have to purposely seek them out because uh, so you, know, you say not, large. They're a little bigger. Than they're, they're, your tall, average, they're taller. They're, they're taller. They're, than they're, your they're taller than your okay. average can of spray paint. They have a. They they look like they're they're wrapped in Reynolds wrap. They have that reflective metallic you know color to them, and they have just a very simple Rust-Oleum logo on them. But it, and they don't offer it in very many colors brent so that's the thing but fortunately all we need is black yeah you know? so, so, so there's some, there's something there that i'm gonna have to try next go around um i think i mentioned it a few episodes back when i was working on the dirty harry yeah i usually paint with a, a, a high temp engine paint man dude i found that stuff hard to manipulate though it's almost like you're asking for durability out of it but you you lose you lose something because of that and i don't know that's well, just been my experience historically i've liked I think uh, it's very tough and that's what i'm running to historically i've liked uh, um you know in it could be the application because I am using it for something that I, it wasn't necessarily intended but it, for use. But for. it can't be the applicator. Yeah, that's impossible. Well, I'm pretty. No, no, it's not me. <laughs> not me ever. I, it's I not mean, my I fault. Mean, you're Johnny on spot. It's not my so fault. I, know, I know it's not you. I, I in the past I've used plastic coat quite a yeah, bit. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to go in there and look now to be honest with you, Whitney, and see what I've got. I, I do know that that over time, since 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 I bought some last, I've had a uh, a, a need. Mm-hmm. It seems like none of the none of the, the the chain stores in the area carry plastic coat anymore. Yeah, yeah. And and what I've ended up with, I, I used it on the legs of the Dirty Harry and on the gun that you used to launch the ball on the coin door. Yeah. And it just it just does not. You know, it's cured at this point because it's been on there long enough that it's definitely cured. But uh, it just isn't. It just doesn't seem that durable. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It looks great, but it don't touch good. it. Yeah, well, the coin doors, the Nintendo coin doors that I've painted, they're actually pretty tough. I don't know that I would take keys to them or anything. Now, are you clearing them too? Are you doing, putting a clear on them? No, no, I'm not. No, I, I'm leaving them. I'm leaving them with that. Uh, with that kind of, it, it's got ever so slightly. It has a little bit of orange peel to it. That it has a little bit of texture to it. And orange peel may not be the right word because that kind of that hammered look. It, it, it gives it just a little bit of a hammered look. And 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 yeah, strike the whole orange peel comment because that has negative connotations to it it's mm-hmm. not that but it has texture okay it, it just it just has a little bit just a little bit of texture to it and it feels good when you run your when you run your hand over it okay? well you know this kind of goes back to like i mentioned the dirty harry and i didn't do that that kind of matte or semi-gloss finish i, I put gloss on it yeah. and then i cleared it yeah and yeah. you know to to hook into a later section you know a, a later segment in this particular podcast i think you would call this if you're in like in the automotive circles you'd call it like a resto mod a resto mod, you know yeah, I, I restored yeah. it to a a, a, co- a nice cosmetic look but uh-huh. with a modification with a modification whereas yeah. you're going for that I want it to look pretty darn close to what it looked like when it was made. And, and I know that, that that having a little bit of that texture is not factory because uh, the, the Nintendo the Nintendo coin doors were powder coated very smooth. Okay. Oh yeah, you're. I'm thinking of your your yeah other door. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so they're so they're coated very smooth. But you know something, Brent? When you know when you're looking at it. 
actually in in my mind it actually pleases the eye just a little bit better i it, and it feels better i i don't i don't know what it is about it but nonetheless brent i'm happy with it okay it looks good uh the coin doors look very uniform they look they look very nice they complement the cabinet is what they do and brent that's what i'm after so so nonetheless i'm i'm just you know i'm i'm, I'm just very very pleased because i was able to grab these asai seiko coin max i can now uh, go ahead and put the front of my Donkey Kong 3 back together. And, uh, dude, I love Donkey Kong 3. I think it's a great game. I'm looking forward to playing that game. I like it just as much as I do Junior or Donkey Kong. Um, I know it's very underrated, but, I, you know, I'm looking really forward to playing that game. I think it's a lot of fun. And um, I'm just really looking forward to, forward to getting, you know, to getting that game done. And hopefully, uh, you know, over this, uh, over this next month, you know, in between the expo and everything, I can go ahead and, and get it uh, wrapped up. I started doing that. <laughs> Brent, I've started working on recapping the monitor, and man, dude, the chassis is a basket case. I don't know, I don't know where this chassis lived. You've had it, you've had monitor woes. Yeah, it, it is. And man, I, I will say this: I've, I've actually had uh, two of the solder pads, uh, you know, on the chassis lift, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't by my own doing. They were they were so brittle. Just uh, any little bit of heat uh, caused one of them to essentially just come up with the solder itself, and so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to run you know a couple jumper wires and everything like that to you know to to restore. Have you already put the cap in it? Uh, yes, I sure have. Now I'm just gonna run the wires right off. The I was gonna say the cap. I was gonna say how close is the. Uh, um how close is the next component? It's just, it's very close. Just bend the leg over and touch it. I can't do that. I, I it, that that will not make it. Okay? Oh, okay. It's, not, it, that close. it's okay. not that close, but it's close enough. Close is relative. Close is relative. That is true. But I've already taken my multimeter and toned every you know done the continuity test, toned everything out, and and so it's completely repairable. It will cause no functional loss whatsoever as long as I can just get the jumper wire, you know, put in the proper place. But the the chassis clean up well. But dude, you can tell it's just been abused. It, it's just, a mean, lot of runtime, a lot of hours, a lot of hours on it, and everything like that. And it's set in a play. It, it, that game has set somewhere where the humidity and uh, the elements have kind of have kind of gotten to it. That game, it, or just that chassis? It, well, that monitor. Well, that mo- well, the game itself. Gotcha. Okay? okay, but it, it it didn't cause cosmetic issues, but the chassis itself just does not look clean like like other chassis like like other chassis do that that have been inside but of course i did get this game out of a barn okay mm-hmm. so it probably counts for a lot of yeah, what i see I can see that but what's odd about it though brent is the game worked fine uh you know the monitor was bright and crisp and everything before i you know started servicing it and everything but i some of the caps that i've pulled off of a brent i wonder it's like how in the world did this game even run you know it's it amazes me how many games I have turned on just okay well let's just see what it's going to do and it it fired I've literally had games I've turned on and then when the attract mode starts it startles me yes it, and yeah. then I've had other games that are just gorgeous yeah and, and look thing, like they and they're dead as a doornail they're dead as a doornail and 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 you, they have six things wrong with that's exactly and you have to chase down one thing to lead to another to yeah. another and you it's go it's just like how did this happen it's like how does this even happen right. and then something sitting in a barn fires up fine and that's that donkey kong 3 i mean it fired up and it <laughs> you can't it, kill the kong you can't kill the kong dude and dude brent i'm telling you the picture was beautiful and i even i even lamented it's like should i even touch this but man dude i'm glad that i did because the because because the the chassis has been a basket case on it, but you know what, Brent? I'll get her done. It's all good. I'm I'm making my way, and um, 
and it, it should it should work itself out it should work itself out fine so so i think once uh you know i think once i get to that point brent i should be a-okay on the donkey kong 3 and like i say i'm looking forward to getting it done <laughs> yeah because you, you so want to start them and then yeah. you're like oh i just I, i'm just where's it at where's, where's the end at? Where, where's the end of it at but uh oh. just real quick brent you you said something about the bases okay oh, yeah. on, on on the nintendo cabinets and um there's in my mind, you've got a couple of options on the bases. Okay, if your base is in pretty good shape, uh, then what I will typically do is uh, is clean it up and uh, hit it with a sealer. Okay, just to uh, just to keep the base from deteriorating any further and you know moisture or anything like that. And I uh, hit it with a wood sealer, and then I will uh, you know I, I'll, I'll go ahead and then uh, paint the base real fast and restore it to uh, you know restore it to a very nice black color. Now, if the base is too far gone, then you've got a couple of options. Uh, there is a gentleman on on Clove uh, who sells who sells you know pre-made bases that you could just take yours off and, and put a pre-made base on, or you could make your own. But so uh, he'll ship he'll ship it assembled. He'll, he'll ship a, an assembled base. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought it maybe a kit. But yeah, that that would be a heck of a box. Yeah, it, it would, but you know he he ships them hey, right on if out. It works and, awesome. And and you know something, his name escapes me uh, at this point because I, I wasn't planning on talking about the basis so i don't have it in the show notes or anything but i'll grab that info brand and i'll make sure that it gets into the that it gets into the blog post in case anybody's interested and his bases look beautiful i they they, they do and he he just kind of does that that's that's kind of his it's kind of his deal and that's what he contributes back to the hobby and brent that's what i want to say is so cool about this hobby is everybody finds everybody finds a niche and they they find an itch to scratch and they produce even if they just produce one one piece of reproduction work or one part or whatever it's always that's the part i need yeah and, and, and well, we were talking about like, wizzy's workshop that's, last that's last right. episode I, yeah. he produces two or three things two or three things but dude nobody else produces nobody else them. has them and when you're in a bind you know you're working on a food fighter or sinistar or like the battle zones or something like that you've got to have his part yeah. because there's nowhere else to get his part so Thank you, Wizzies, and thank you, everybody else. Thank you to the guy who does the reproduction bases. You know, thank you to... Who shall rena- remain nameless until re- the show notes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Or, you know, when we get into talking about, you know, the editorial segment here, Brent, we talk about, you know, like reproduction cabinets and, you know, DPT twists and, and things like that. You know, thank you to the guys who do what they do. So it, it's all good. But, yeah, so so that's where I'm at on Project Flip Flop. And uh, really, Brent, I uh, just a couple other items before I, before I turn this over to you uh, for you know for us to hear what, what all you've been working on. I had mentioned last month I'd started this uh, whole endeavor. Uh, you know, Whitney, uh, Whitney does this, and he, he starts these little side projects that spiral just completely and utterly out of control, and this is one of them. But I've started— I know nothing about that. The, exactly. And uh, so, Brent, on my whole backup PCB project, okay, you know, last month... It's an official project now. It, it is a project. It gets its own cost center, man. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so, dude, I have, I've been fortunate enough. Uh, I've, I found three PCBs last month, okay? And so, this month, uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to go through and uh, was able to grab a time pilot. And for anybody who hasn't uh, listened to last month's episode, the three that I picked up last month was a food fight, which I was I was st- stoked to find a food fight PCB working and all, so it's good. Uh, I found a Rally X and I found a Mappy with a high score save kit, and so I want to give a. Uh, 
a, a quick shout out to uh, to uh, Torin that I was able to grab to pick that uh, Mavi PCB up from as well. So thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. But um, you know the the Time Pilot uh, PCB that I picked up uh, this month, Brent. I I won it as the opening bid on an eBay auction. Nobody nobody bid on it or anything. And uh, was is that to, because no one likes Time Pilot? Dude, hush your mouth, man. <laughs> time Pilot rocks, dude. It kicks. As I look at it. As I cross look across at my time pilot, uh, yeah, exactly, I dude. I love that. I game. like time pilot. I love time pilot, and uh, and, and man, I, you know, I've got no problem telling people, you know, what I what I picked it up for. But Brent, I, I picked that PCB up for forty bucks, man, and it works. That's awesome. Yeah, especially because I've seen several on Clove just within the past couple of days go for an asking price of like one hundred and twenty five. Wow. You know, now that doesn't mean that people are paying for it, but that is what the price police uh, have swarmed on people for. You know, for uh, asking and everything but yeah 40 bucks i figured man that's yeah that's worth now, it was it advertised as working or yes was it? no it's advertised as working oh, and it man. does work. and it does work go. it does work got it home plugged it in fired it right up dude it's all good uh it works like a champ so i i yeah i dutifully unplugged it and put it in a box and you know, wrapped it and put it in a box labeled it and up on a shelf it went for part of the spare pcb or backup pcb project and then uh brent the only thing that i wanted to mention is um I have been doing a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of uh, back-end organizational work on the BrokenToken.com website, okay? It's not anything that anybody would notice, but I've been amassing some reference information uh, over the past uh, six or seven months that I'm working on getting imported into the table management uh, plugin and software uh, that, that runs on the site. We, we, we run WordPress uh, on BrokenToken.com. Great, you know, it's a great CMS. and um, That's co- content management software. Content management system. Yeah, Systems. content management system or software, however you want to look at it. But WordPress is awesome. And uh, I've, I've been, uh, over time, Brent, loading in some reference information that I want to make available on the site. So I've, I've been spending some time working on that just at nights and stuff like that not really you know that's not arcade project but it is still it is still related so you know you know when when i i guess kind of when i get tired of sniffing solder after you know (laughs) working on monitor chassis for a few hours you know you 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 know it's 10 or 11 o'clock at night you're watching the news i you know hop on the website and just do some back-end work on that and and it's it's arcade related but it's different so 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 that's 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 a little something you and i haven't talked about whitney is that is that a good outlet uh, going forward on the site, if you or I want to want to put up a, a hey, look, here's a tech tip. Here's something I come across. Uh, would that give us a, a, an easy outlet, easy it, method? It, it, it to will. Do that? It will. And and what's nice about it is. Um it's easily linked it's easily linked to twitter and we can cross reference on facebook as well so yeah so so hopefully you know everybody listening you know i, I know that uh the site uh you know i know the site does uh, does a real good job for you know the uh the, the post for uh you know each new episode and things like that but we're also trying to make sure that we post a little bit in between the episodes as well um and uh, and doing some back end work on on that as well to to make that a little bit easier. So, you know, Brent, that's I mean that's pretty much my month when it comes to you know when it comes to everything arcade related. You know, I've, like I say, working on monitor chassis. Uh, you know the the Coin Max, you know acquired a, a backup PCB. So I, all in all, man, I, I consider it a very productive month, even if it even if it didn't produce a, a huge list of bullet point items, you know, to talk about on the show. Well, a little movement is always better than no movement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in in many in many different ways, Brent. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so my month yeah. has been. Let's hear about it, man. Yeah, my month has been pretty much 
covered in what is best described as pink and yellow Gottlob System One pinball glory. And, and you know something, it, Brent, it, it does look good, dude. <laughs> and and we need to get, dude. I, I tell you, kind of note to self. Uh, before this, before uh, you know this, this baby makes it out of your house. We need to get a final picture. Of oh, it. absolutely! Because I, I want everybody to see your work because your work's good and, and, and it looks good. So what we're talking about, and I'm, I think I mentioned the title last month. It's a Gottlieb, uh roller disco roller wide, disco wide body pinball, and, and it is wide. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it it's is wide. wide. It's wide. There's a, it's a good. It's a lot of a lot of play field there. A lot of there's, space. There's a lot of empty space on that thing, man. <laughs> So, well, it's a four flipper machine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, a, there's, for, for what's there, there's a lot going on, especially yeah. for the technology at the time. So, yeah. um, I started on it right about the time of the last episode, and I've been working, working on it the past month as I've had the opportunity. So, more or less, the month has comprised itself of uh, reassembly of the play field. I'd already had it stripped down, cleaned it. Uh, and, and here's where I'm a little remiss. I'm a little behind on, on, on Facebook. The last, uh, the last game that I went through was the Battle Zone that was thoroughly discussed yeah. in episode five, and yeah. had quite a few pictures up on Facebook. Now I do have uh, a host of in progress pictures on on the roller disco. I've even got a couple pictures that I took where I would clean um, half of the play field, yeah. or actually, there's a part on the play field where the art is mirrored okay. right down by the flippers. Yeah, so I cleaned one side and left the other as it was you take like, some pictures yeah, of that like a before and after type of a oh, deal oh man that's sweet so, dude we, we need to get that up on the facebook page for everybody to see so, that you know, but my, my intention is by the time this episode goes live that i'll have uh, i'll start having those pictures awesome. out, on, out on the facebook page yeah. and with a little commentary just kind of yeah. let folks see what what i'm working on and how i'm doing things and, yeah. and how things are turning out and, and, and you know Brent, i know a lot of people i know a lot of people look at that and it's it's neat i mean heck man i look at it and i enjoy it so it, it's 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 something that i think uh you know really kind of you know fleshes out in between the shows i enjoyed as well i was just actually it's fun to do actually before you came over uh came over today i was looking at a thread on klov about uh with uh, of a getaway gentleman was going through a getaway and yeah hey here's the teardown pictures here's the cleanup pictures here's the reassembly pictures just kind of see how folks do things it it is it's really fun to see what what goes into you know a, a machine that we would probably consider a basket case to start with and then you know how how it progresses and how it winds well, up i just i, I think th- it's fun. this was a basket case and that the basket was the entire machine <laughs> i didn't have everything in, in like individual little pieces in the physical basket but yeah. i've never played the machine when i got it it was broken um so i'm actually looking forward to playing the oh, thing it, it, Brent, i'll say this it looks pretty pimpy man those those colors dude oh it's, yeah i mean it looks like saturday night Every other day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll definitely have some pictures of the machine up on our Facebook page, and we'll yeah. have to. There's a couple play videos out uh, on YouTube. If if I don't have a play video by that time, that we can put either on Facebook or on on BrokenToken.com. Yeah. Last night I was working on some of the final, doing a little art touch up just on the cabinet, just to, just to help make it just that much better. Yeah. Just, um, kind of give it a nice clean finished out kind of look. So. Uh, ideally, I'll have it up and running here in the next week. And the reason it isn't running now, and this, whenever I do a pinball or or even before I tear tear down a video game, if I'm going to do uh, some kind of preventative maintenance, whether it's a monitor cap kit or, or or whatever the whatever the task at hand may be, I like to try to get it working 
electro electrically. Okay. Playing, you know, it may not play the best because, like in the case of a pinball, I may have some sleeves with some problems, slowing down the flippers, yeah. rubbers but, may but be you, bad. But you got a reference point. But I, right, yeah. exactly. I yeah. try to get it going before I tear it down to clean it up. So in, in the in last month's episode, I mentioned that when I first purchased the, purchased the machine, I opened the head and the CPU had been replaced with an aftermarket Nywumpf board. Okay. And Ni- we talked... Nywumpf. Talk, yeah, Nywumpf. We, we said that a few times, had some fun with it, but yeah, Nywumpf. So that was that was a kind of a help help sell, selling point to the game for me. I got the, I got the game at a good price. Yeah. And uh, it already had an aftermarket CPU in it. So... It is part of having the CPU. I went out looking for manuals. I, I may have touched on this a little bit in the last episode, Whitney. Went out looking for manuals, and there I couldn't really find one on the site. And as it turned out, uh, the gentleman that that kind of produces the board, who who who's behind the production of the board, yeah, David Humphrey is his name. He had just released a brand new version of the System One Gotla board. Okay, and he'd actually he was keeping his. If I recall correctly, the same price point. So he's at a hundred one ninety nine. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, for the for the engineering and the time yes, that he the spends engineering on and the that. Time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the one board it'll support all of the the system one Gottlieb games. Okay. Uh, the board that I have is dip switch selectable, and to be honest with you, I haven't looked at the new board close enough to see if it's dip switch selectable or how you do it. But the code for all the games. Uh, the board supports all the System 1 games, and you you basically nice. select the game nice. and away you go. Yeah. So, you know, the upside of that is is the folks out there that have a lot of pins, <laughs> yeah. if you if you have a, a, an issue and you want to do a little diagnostics, a little swapping around. It's a tool. It's a tool. <laughs> <Yes>. you, sw- <laughs> you know, one of the things, and th- this is kind of the notes I've got laid out in front of me. Uh, in the Mead Notebook. In the Mead Notebook, yes. yes. The, the, the Mead Notebook will also be with us at the Louisville Arcade Expo. It is. Come it, by and sign the Mead Notebook. The Mead Notebook's going to be there, Brent? The, the Mead Notebook travels. Uh, it's awesome, it's, dude. It's, 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 it's a traveler. Do I get to sign it? You can sign it, sure, absolutely. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It yeah. could be used as a tool. Yeah. I know you've talked about Scott Brasington's kits. Yes. And um, uh, I look at, for example, We've discussed it a little bit where I've never really been a high score type of a person. I'm not necessarily worried about retaining them. Yeah. I've looked at some of his kits as a tool. Yeah. That's just where it strikes a chord with me. Yeah. So um, I know that just looking through the documentation, he, he offers uh, a greatly expanded self-test features. In this new board, he can even test individual segments in the displays. Uh, the original System 1 tests for switches uh, since this, I haven't had one. Admittedly, I've I've looked at videos, I've looked at stuff online, just educating myself more about the the system and the game itself. And it, it's not very responsive. It's not very helpful. It times <laughs> itself out in very short order. Yeah. Uh, what David has put into this board is just a, a, an extension of that. Okay. It, it's much more flexible. It's much more responsive as I as I read it. You know, this isn't firsthand knowledge, but. It, I guess I'm giving it the the thumbs up without ever having taken it down the road for a spin, so to speak. Yeah, I know I know that his uh, his boards have been out there for a while. I've known several folks that have used them. Okay, um, it's always been a positive experience, and just looking at what he's got into the generation two version of this board, it just it looks like it's a winner all the way around. Oh, that's cool. So, in the reason I'm spending a lot of time with this is is David has been awesome at supporting me. 
if I've had questions, you know, I can shoot him an email and, you know, generally by the next day I've got an answer. He's been, he's been very, very helpful. Uh, I first went to the site looking for support information on this board, mentioned that the new board was out and uh, he said, yeah, I've got the new board out. I'm working right now on getting, getting this, the legacy stuff online. So the manual's there, the latest version of the ROM is there. If you want to, to, to update the code for the older board, like I've got. And sure enough, it wasn't a few days later and there it all was. Yeah. So, um, so where I'm at now, the Science. reason, the it reason I nice. haven't played it and got it working electrically is, is that once I, I got, had gotten the game to the position where, uh, the wiring harness was, was satisfactory. I was waiting on some connectors, uh, my guess as to what had happened was is the battery on the original CPU board had leaked, had corroded. Ooh, ooh, yep. Yeah. There was a, I've got pictures of these as well. They're hilarious. There was some um, hacked would be a, a very, very nice way of putting how these connectors were put onto the harness Yeah. Uh, for connection to the CPU board. So it, I found uh, uh, several wires that were still in the game where the corrosion had literally ran all the way down the wire into the body. So several of the wire uh, wires I had to replace for uh, uh, like the coin door the coin door harness. So I, I kind of had a lot of balls in the air, and that's why I didn't necessarily get it working like I like to do before I went ahead and tore it down. I had parts coming, so I get to fire the thing up, and the CPU is dead. Mm. Now, and this this is not a a Nywump thing. This isn't a David thing. I don't know the history of this. I bought it as yeah, it was. Dude, I mean, the GI any, worked. Anything could have been done to it. Anything could have been done to it. Yeah. I, I I know that uh, it had an older rev of code, so the board was you know several years old it, just by the the code level. For all I know, they ran 120 volts through the thing. I don't know. It was Very dead. Very possible. Yeah, you know, I, I put a uh, um, I did put a, a logic probe on you know the CPU, and it was it seemed like it was running, but. Um, because of some of the things that David had to do to recreate the system had to, if anyone's not familiar with the Gottlieb system ones, they had what what's called uh, uh, spider chips. And okay. I'm not sure if this carried up into the system 80 admittedly, but in effect what it was, the short story of it, Gottlieb, they were the Kings of the EMs. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. But when it came to the transition to solid state in the late seventies, they they got behind the ball. I guess they were they were kind of resting on their laurels a little bit. Yeah. So to to get caught up, they contracted Rockwell. Okay. To design them a system, Rockwell having the ability to manu- not only design the chip, not just the system, but design the chips themselves and manufacture. They they basically did the equivalent of custom chips if you think like to some of the namco boards like pole position galaga they've got those custom namco chips in them which is which is several chips if you will on a larger die and the manufacturer could save save time save space save money yeah. and produce this chip well that's what rockwell did but it also made it proprietary exactly. as well exactly it yes. made it proprietary yeah so um the the chips you can't get a modern replacement so to speak some of those uh some of the 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 namco customs have been reverse engineered because they're used on a lot of boards but just there's not a lot of need for it in the gottlob world so okay uh what david had to go through and i believe he had a uh, it was a kind of a collaboration between him and, and a good friend of his they actually reverse engineered it 
to the to the point that they just they created a new CPU. This is what my ins are. This is what my outs are. Yeah. How do I make? How do I tie those two together? So so they're emulating the spider chip within within their within this new CPU. Yeah, though. and and he did it within his within his within his old board. He okay. had um he had some uh, um I believe it's some pals on there that they could program to get the same functionality out. Okay. So all right. So regardless, he's yeah. made the board. Yeah. And uh, as part of my communication with him, I said, man, this is what it's doing. And if you've got any tips, you know, I'm fairly technical. I could take a look at it. Otherwise, I know that there's some stuff that you had to do in here uh, to to get past what Rockwell did to make the board function. So there's some things that I just can't necessarily replace. Okay. Okay. And uh, sure enough, he's just saying, man, just sounds like you just you just need to send it to me. So, <laughs> it to and, me. and I'm good yeah. with that. You know, yeah. he, he has a repair service. Um, I, I I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, well, it's gonna he can, he can turn around, knock it out. He knows what's in it. He helped design and build the board. Yeah, and, and it's good and it's done. And I've got a working CPU. Yeah. So yeah, no, that, that sounds great. But you know, I can't I can't at this point speak highly any more highly of uh, of the support that I'm getting. And and like and I didn't even and I made this very clear. I didn't buy the board. Yeah. I, you did not make money from me directly. Yeah. And he's been more than willing to, you know, uh, support me, offer help. And, and you know, and admittedly, I, I don't know how many emails he's getting. He, he hasn't written a book to me, which I can understand. Because if he's getting 60, 70, 80, 100 emails a day, the answers may have to be yes, no, maybe so. And yeah. that's the end of yeah. it. But man, he's doing it. At least so, he responds. And, he responds. And, and you know something? There's a lot to be said just for that. You know, you know that you're not firing your emails off into a bit bucket and that, that the guy's not... Uh, he's not giving you the time of day so it's a man do that you know kudos to him absolutely for that. yeah and, and i'll have some follow-up in the next next episode i'm sure um and hopefully most of it's just going to be what my impression is of playing the game once i get the game up so yeah, i'm no, anticipating the cpu cool. coming back and i'm probably gonna have a few more bugs to work out of the game itself but yeah you know let me go ahead and mention this whitney he david uh does not just produce a system one cpu he produces a, a drop-in replacement driver board for the the Gottlieb System One games. Uh-huh. He replace he uh, produces a drop-in System Eighty CPU and driver board, and that's it. I'm admittedly I'm not up on the Gottlieb games, but yeah, I'm not, fairly certain neither, neither am I not not to that level. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that once you get into like your haunted house and your uh, um um uh, black hole, you know that vintage of of Gottlieb. Those that's your system eighty games, okay? So he produces uh, system eighty uh, CPU and driver board, and they're all available on his site. I, I think uh, Pinball nice. Resources resells his stuff as well. Yeah, it's nice. And you know, I made a couple notes here. We were talking a little bit about the t- the, the testing. Just looking at the current offering, he uh, he's got included uh, a free play. He's got a ball save feature. I do, I do know. Oh, just, nice. So, yeah. so he so he gives ball he save. He adds stuff. He adds ball save to these machines that never had ball save. Exactly. At all. Yeah, that's nice. And this is kind of cool too. I noticed this in in some of the videos that I've looked at, just trying to learn more about the system. That apparently the system one games didn't have a track mode. They just sat with the GI light on. Uh-huh. So there's a blurb on uh, on the on his site having to do with the the new board where he adds a track mode animations. So I'm sure he goes through and strobes the CPU controlled lights. It's so nice. Um, 
He's, uh, of course, we already mentioned more flexibility in test mode. He's doing a lot of stuff in there. And obviously, I mean, the big thing is, is he's, there's no more batteries and you get rid of all those spider chips. Yeah, the, so. and, and that's good. And, and if it ever were to go down again, you've got something that you can replace. And, yes. And, and that's, that, that, I mean, that's worth its weight in gold, Brent. And I know that... I know that this costs money and it adds to what is already an expensive hobby. Okay. That's, you know, pinball, pinball is a very expensive hobby and there's no way, there's no way around that just because of the parts and the machines and the games and, you know, everything, everything in between. But, uh, Hey man, if you can make it easier on yourself, it's worth its weight and go. Cause you get your time back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I look at the, the, it's the, those, and here's, here's where we're going to get some hate mail. You know, everybody has the thing they like. I like oh, yeah. my time pilot. Oh yeah, I like my battle zone. Oh yeah, I like people my don't food like fight. I yeah. like my zookeeper. Yeah, I like my Donkey Kong. You, you I kind of look at those first generation solid state games, mm-hmm. late seventies, early early eighties. I don't want to say throwaway games because there's a lot of good games. I've got oh, a, yeah. I've got a, um, there's a Valley Eight Ball sitting down here right now. Yeah, yeah, that, sitting right beside us actually. You mentioned it, Whitney. That. You you happen to like that game? I do. I like the game. Now it's not the rule set is not complex. It's not uh, it's not a deep game. Uh, it's it's not anything that would uh, even in my mind even come close to the rule sets on uh, you know like Wizard of Oz or oh, uh, no yeah you know just, the technology was the, the technology is just not there you know any of the late Stern titles or anything like that it's it's just it's just not there but when you look at it for what it is. When you appreciate it for the time that it was produced and, you know, what what was going on, you know, socially and economically at that point in time and just where technology allowed it to go. Yeah, it's a daggone good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, another thing that we can even throw on top of that is your age. That's it, true. You know, what you grew up with, what you like. We've talked to folks that love that vintage of game because yeah. that's what they play. That's what they, that's what they grew up on. That's and, what they play. You know, and I find from time to time folks that are outside of a given, you know, demographic for a particular title, but they've taken a liking to it. That's oh, just yeah. what they are. So, you know, I, I say throwaway games, and I, I don't I don't necessarily mean that. Probably the better way to look at it is uh affordable yeah they're affordable games you know you could probably oh, they, they are they're in the money yeah in the money yeah i could see picking up uh like a system one or system 80 gotlub somebody had it in their basement they might have it on craigslist for some wild price we all know how craigslist is and you yeah. you go look at the game because it's worth looking at you open the head up and you say look you know it's it's corroded the batteries or this that which is the truth i mean yes. you're not there's no snake oil here yeah you know that two hundred dollars you can replace that yeah and you might be able to fix it but is it going to be two hundred dollars worth of time to fix it well in that and you could get the game that much cheaper that's true that's true but you have to factor all that in into what you're going to pay yeah because your time is your most important commodity absolutely and, and everybody puts a different value on their time but it's that's the commodity that you never get back so, so it has to account for something, and the game, the price of the games have got to be adjusted accordingly Absolutely. because of that. You know, yeah. I like getting in. I don't think it's any secret. I like getting in and, and, and doing the repair work. But if if I could get a nice System eighty or a nice System one game, since we're on that on the Gottlieb, you know, bandwagon tonight, uh, if I could get a nice System eighty System uh, one game, something I thought was interesting, something I'd want to play for a while, and maybe make available to someone else starting the hobby or someone that just enjoys that genre of game. Yeah. If I could get that for a good price, address because with the corrosion, you're they're, it's going to get into the connectors. Yeah. I know I can address the connectors, you know, really quick. 
uh, compensate for, you know, if I can get the game correctly, compensate the price for what it's going to cost me to have a CPU in it. I mean, that's a win. You yeah, put another game, you, you bring another game back to life, you enjoy the game and you've got it back out there. So, yeah. So anyway, one other thing that I've really kind of gotten into into this month, and it, it's not really been any work on my part, but it's a it's kind of another product thing that I'd like to mention. Uh, there is a thread going on KLOV that I've kind of had a lot of interest in, and the username is Crafty Mech. And actually, the the gentleman's name is Aaron, okay. and I believe his, his website is actually craftymech.com. Okay. And one of the things I know he produces today is a scan line generator. Okay. All right, so what's a scan line generator? Yeah. Lay it on us, Brent. So you're doing a main cabinet. Uh-huh. You know, um, that's those are those those are fighting words. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's a topic that that we that we definitely have not covered here on on the on the podcast and. You know, Brent, maybe at some point we ought to talk about classic yes. arcade and pinball podcast. Yes, yes. So you're you're doing a main cabinet. But you're yeah. doing, doing uh, you're doing emulation. You're doing emulation. For some reason, you want to do an LCD in a game. You're yeah. trying. You're you're somewhere in the country or somewhere in the world where you can't just find. <laughs> what say you? <laughs> somewhere in the world. What? Yeah. Where you just can't find a CRT monitor. I mean, yeah. they're they're attainable stateside yeah they're harder to get because folks are sitting on them since production's gone away yes i could i could only imagine if i was in you know there's a lot of folks that participate in the forums that are in uh, australia that mm-hmm. are in uh, various european countries so you just can't find those things so all right i'm gonna have to break down i want to play the game i'm gonna have to put an lcd in it okay scan line generator goes in line with the video cable and uh introduces um fuzz fuzz yeah it, it introduces that scan line effect of a crt of the beam and the crt deflecting as it as it paints the screen yeah so it it, it takes the sharpness out of the picture for yeah. lack of a better term and so g- it gives it that classic feel huh so he pr- aaron produces scan line generators but where, where his his uh a uh, lot of excitement lately is he 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 made for his own use uh, a test pattern generator for uh for an arcade monitor okay and he threw the thread up and hey would anybody be interested in this and of course folks piled on oh, I, I bet they yeah. and, and man i tell you what dude when i get home tonight i'm gonna pile on you uh, know? absolutely yeah I, I have myself. Sound exactly yeah, right. That didn't sound good. Well, you know, it, it this is, is what a family. Whitney, this is a family show. Yes, yes. Okay, Brent, I will. Uh, I, will I will check the thread out. I will check the thread out. I will subscribe and reply. How about that? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this, you know, this is something that I've got um, a, a lot of interest in because one of the things that I tend to find myself repairing quite often is monitors. Oh you know? yeah. It, I, I'm, yes. I don't think it's any secret for any of the locals. I'm kind of <laughs> known for monitors. Yeah. So I've got one of the old Electra Home. Uh, pattern gener- uh, uh, test pattern generators. I yeah. do have one of those, and I have over the years looked online for older test equipment, something that would give me um, discrete outputs like red, green, blue as a wire, mm-hmm. not where I'm going to plug into a tuner because it's for a, t- a TV type shop. Something where I could go right into the monitor. Okay, and I've not had a lot of luck. I've not really. I've looked on and off, but. Um, I always fall back to well, I've got a jam harness and I've got I have a Simpsons board. Yeah, a Konami in that genre of Simpsons, and that can be an expensive board. Uh, you know? Yes, it can. Yeah, yes, you know, it can. You pull a you pull a board that's in that genre of Simpsons, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, 
uh, there were several other boards that were on. If you look at them, if you find pictures of them online, that were in that family that kind of have that general kind of board layout, that general time period. They had a, a an extensive test menu and a lot of modern monitor test patterns where yeah. you do color gradients and cross hatch and all that. So yeah. if I want to, if I want to work on trying to clean up the convergence on a monitor or tune colors a little bit, just to get it close before I throw it in the game, I'm pulling a jam harness out. Yeah. I'm pulling this board out the and power the, jam, supply. the power supply yeah, and there's and joysticks that. dangling yeah. and I've got to touch wires to, you know, to get into the test mode and then find the right joystick to go to, you know, the, the right screen. And yeah. it's a pain. Yeah. So I was really interested in this because you just have a box now that yeah. does the job, just a little box, a little, yeah. little PCB. Yeah. So what he's, what, what Aaron looks like he's going to do now, he's going to do nine test patterns. Uh, he's going to do a checker checkerboard pattern. He's going to do eight color bar, uh, an RGB gradient. Um, it looks like he's going to do uh, several other variants of a color bar test pattern, both uh, color and, and grayscale. He's going to do solid screen colors. Okay. And he's also going to do the, the classic crosshatch pattern. Yeah. And one of the really cool things that, that he put into this is... Uh, a burn-in test okay so i I just rebuilt this monitor i'm gonna sit here on the bench i want to make sure the thing's gonna run before i either put my game on location i put it in the game room so he he coded up in in his test pattern generator board an animation and i've not seen it but my understanding is from from talking with uh uh, aaron a little bit in, in private messages it will do a block animation where blocks will drop down from the top of the screen and okay. once it fills the screen it'll blank the screen it'll start again so kind of tetris style or something i guess like that. yeah yeah kind okay. of te- and it, it yeah. will just run until you turn it off okay so you, you that way you can get a signal to the monitor it's not just a static image and you can you can basically burn the thing in over a period of time and test it out. So, so that that's cool, Marin. So it'll vary the colors and and now, i don't know. know if it'll vary vary the colors i had, okay. i didn't ask about that okay so um i I need to verify that, but at, at a minimum, it's not just a static image. Okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to move. Okay. So. so I've got two questions, Brent. So what's the ETA on this thing, and how much is it going to cost? He is looking to have it in the hands of his beta testers by mid-February. Okay. Okay. And as of the time of this recording. Mid- February 2014. 2014, yes. Yeah. So uh, by the time this recording hits, it's, it's if he's on his his schedule it'll be in the hands of his beta testers okay he's looking at f- are, are you a beta tester i am not i'm not <sighs> Dang gone. I, yeah, <laughs> I may have to ask him if i can be <laughs> you have to do some podcast pull Brent. what's that running yeah. on the table yeah. at the louisville arcade <laughs> expo and then, that's yeah. a block animation of a what, uh, what, what he'll tell you is what, once you do the podcast pull he'll say i'm never gonna sell you one. <laughs> oh, you're one of the broken token no, no way, way. <laughs> He 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 is targeting forty dollars a unit, which I think is wow. Reasonable. That's uh, now wow. Now, that's great. Here here's what here's the bang for the buck right now. Yeah. His first run of the unit, he's he's debated a little as to whether or not he's going to do how he's going to power it. He has tested running the animation, which I assume is probably one of the most intensive things that the board will do. Running on a nine volt battery, it'll run twenty two hours. 
Okay. So his first run through, and this this is fine with me because I look at this as a as a I can throw this in a toolbox and just go with it type yeah, tool. Exactly. Uh, so his first run isn't going to have a hookup. Uh, any kind of port for like a wall wart or anything that's that's you know decided I, upon that you know what it, it, i'm good with one that. less wall wart in my life yeah. is a good thing a nine volt battery that run 22 the thing before i will use it uh 22 hours of runtime and di- the battery will die just from just sitting sitting there. Yeah, sitting, sitting there, there. yes yeah. so and the the other the other really kind of cool thing that that he's going to that he's got going on with it is the options in terms of the monitor. So of course you're going to have your, from a wiring perspective, you're going to have your red, green, blue, but he's also going to handle discrete separate, uh, vertical, horizontal sync, both positive and negative. Okay. Okay. So that's, oh, that's great. Be, that's yeah. great. So you can, if you want to test the, the, if you've got a monitor that'll accept both positive and negative sync, he's going to, yeah. he's going to have options to do uh he's gonna have headers he's gonna have a pin on the header that'll yeah. be positive and negative sync and he's gonna have a dip or not a dip switch pardon me oh no, i'm sorry it is a dip switch i was thinking a jumper he's gonna have a dip switch that will combine so it'll also do composite sync okay so you'll have of course your 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 pins for your color but it'll support discrete negative and positive horizontal and vertical and composite okay uh negative and composite positive sync. Okay, no. So I, there's, I can't imagine, you know, uh, the only thing that I, that I, that comes to mind that he's not going to cover is Nintendo's with inverted colors. Well, in in what it works, but it'll work. It'll, it'll just work. colors will be wrong. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fine. I mean, I think for most people in the Nintendo camp, myself included. Uh, with those being, you know, my favorite games and and what I tend to spend a lot of my time on, at least recently, anyway. But the big thing is just getting a pattern on those. Yeah. I, I don't I, honestly, I don't really care what what the colors are per se. Mm-hmm. I just want to adjust convergence and yeah. get that straight. And then when I get it hooked up to the machine, then I, then I'll, I'll, I'll then I'll mess with you know then I'll mess with, with the color and stuff like that and and adjust you know adjust the drives and, and all that. I'm fine. I'm fine. I, the biggest thing is just getting a pattern on getting the screen. Getting a pattern on the screen. Yes, yes. And this will get you there. You know, yeah, that's awesome. It, it, as a quick aside, I have put Nintendo boards on non-sanual monitors so the co- colors are inverted. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of in terms of the voltages on the pins, it's, you're, you're not outside of what's expected. You can hook a Nintendo board to a to a quote unquote standard monitor like your like a Geo Seven or okay. a Wells. Yeah. Or you can hook a, a Sanyo to a JAMA board. It will still work. The colors will be inverted. Here's a little tip. If you've still got that, uh, the high voltage cage over your flyback and then mounted on that flyback is the quote unquote inverter board. That is true. Hang on to those. Hang on to those. Yeah, I've got like probably six or seven of them right now. Um, Man, those things are actually kind of like solid gold. I mean, you should... You should not never sell all that you have. Hang hang on, hang hang on on to a couple of them. Yeah. Well, if you look at that, and this is this is from memory, so I'm ninety five percent sure I'm correct. If you look at that in a correctly wired cabinet, the the harness off the PCB goes to a header on the inverter board. Then there's a jumper shorter harness that goes from an output header on the inverter board into the monitor that is correct Brent. well if you take that harness right from the game board Mm -hmm. and go right onto the monitor chassis where that little jumper from the inverter board plugs it still works just fine Mm -hmm. the what you're basically doing is is you are there's two sets of input headers on the inverter board 
and you're using the I'm just going to go straight through set of headers. Mm-hmm. The other set of headers will go ahead and invert whatever signals put on them. Yeah, and, and you know, the whole reason that that board exists is so that that monitor could be used in uh, something in, on, in something other than a Nintendo right. game. That's exactly so you, right. I, my, my guess is, is you take Aaron's board yep. on a Sanyo and you put it in the I'm going to invert it set of inputs. Yeah. She's and, gonna she's gonna fly and just gonna fly. Now you talked, I think, Brenna, at the at the start of the show about uh, you'd use the word you know cottage industry. Mm-hmm. The cottage industry for for Aaron's board is making up making up harness connectors for you know for <laughs> for all the different types of games that that you would need that you would need to hook it up yeah. to. Man, that would just make it so much easier rather than you splicing your own or or doing whatever. So no, uh, I, you know, hey, I say this to folks. Speaking of cottage industry, I say this to folks out there this occurred to me today even though Aaron's kind of had this thread running for a while I am shocked that no one's done this yet I I freely admit that I do not have the background and the ability uh, right now if I want to do something like this I'd have to sit down from scratch and learn a lot more than I know today there's a lot of folks out there like you know like Aaron that can hit the ground running and do this i'm just shocked that this is this is just not a little tool that someone's not made yet well when you think about the timing of our hobby you know and the age of the machines and you know our age brent and the machines are 30 years old we're 30 you know we're 30 years old plus yeah plus plus (laughs) and you know i I mean i'm I'm not gonna run it for anybody out there but we'll just we'll just lay heavy on the plus but uh but nonetheless I, i will agree with you because it seems like it some of this test equipment that that you find out that you need three and four years into the hobby itself you know when you start working on your own machines it's like oh i need a test pattern i need i need to put a test what pattern is on that? this thing yeah. well, how do i do that and then somebody replies oh you got to have a test pattern generator and it's like okay i can't just go get that on amazon yeah you you just can't you just can't it's like so where did you guys get your test pattern generators you know veterans of the hobby and they say well yeah well there mr whitney we got them you know 25 years ago when wells gardner was making them and it's like i never then then me i think about it and it's like coming into this hobby it's like i never stood a chance I'm 25 years too late yeah, well, the one, to, to getting half the stuff that I need. The one that I mentioned, the Electra, I'm fairly certain it's Electra Home. And, and don't hold me to this, but I, I believe also Wicco had the exact same one. I, I, don't, s- I said Wilkes Gardner, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah, don't know yeah. if I don't know if Electra Home made them and Wicco just rebranded them or, yeah. or some third party, it, regardless. Regardless. The one I've got works, but <laughs> it doesn't, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work well. Yeah. It's, at, it's way off. And in, in all honesty... I think it needs to be capped because it's 30 some odd years old. That's exactly right. And it's sat on a shelf. Well, so, but yeah, I think this, this, this is going to be good for something as seemingly simple as this is in terms of just what it does. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not downplaying what Aaron's doing. Oh no, no. But it's just like, I'm really shocked that no one's done this yet. I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be great for Aaron. I think he's going to sell a ton of them. It's awesome because just like we have the artwork reproducers, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, we have Rich at this old game. We have, you know, Darren at Phoenix Arcade. Uh, 
uh, you know, Brian at Game Stencils, you know, so on down the line. For these guys that are producing art, this is in much the same vein. You know, we, you know, we have got to have these types of tools. So mm-hmm. this is great. And what I would, what I would ask is that everybody, you know, listen to the podcast. If you ever think you're going to get into fixing your own games and doing monitor repair, and and Brent, I, you know, you'd made the, you'd made the, the mention that you know here around town, you know, you're 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 pretty much known for the work that you do on the monitors and everything. You know, I find monitor repair to be one of the most satisfying parts of this hobby because it's the it's the part to me that yes, it takes me the most time, but it has the biggest payoff and it has for me the, well, that's the, the best eyes, bang for the buck. That's in the video world, that's the eye end of the game. You know, it's the monitor that makes me either enjoy or not enjoy the game because if it has the look, if if those Nintendo games you know, when I fire up my Donkey Kong Jr., if it has the look that I remember, it's because mm-hmm. the monitor gave. It's because the monitor allows it, and it'll either make or break the enjoyment of the game. If it really look, will. If you look around my game room, there's. Uh, I'm a little on the backside compared to where you are, Whitney. The way I collect in terms of uh, condition at yeah. times, mm-hmm. you know, I like it. I like the game solid. Yeah, I don't mind a little patina. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Look, the pack the pack that I've got in here is a perfect example. But I really I really like to have that a good, a good monitor, monitor yeah, I'm a and, and a good the the control panel doesn't have to be beautiful. Yeah. But I like I like the the buttons to have good feel. I like the yeah. joysticks to to yeah. To be, you know, up to spec, yep. because that's that's the window into the game. If that's you will, window so. into the game. It, it's to me, it's the time machine that takes me back, and it, and it's what makes the hobby mm-hmm. to me. Uh, well, many things make the hobby worthwhile, but to me, it's it's what makes my time investment worthwhile in fixing the games and in restoring the games. Uh, it, it's it's the payoff item for me yep. when I go back to the game a year from now. I don't want to walk up to a game that's that you know that doesn't look like. Uh, what you know? What I want it to look like, yeah. and uh, you know, some may say, "Well, okay, that's being elitist," or Whitney, that's a first world problem. Yeah, I get all that, but you know, something. It's at the end of the day, it, it, you're doing this because number one, you want to have fun and you want to enjoy what you do, and that that's what that's what makes yeah. it happen. Yeah. So, uh, and that's that's kind of how I've spent my month. We've well, done the roller disco, and yeah, we, you know, cool. we've, yeah, I've I've worked with uh, David and and my warmth experience and, and uh, I've kept tabs on uh, on what Aaron's got going on I'm looking forward to looking forward to getting the the new now well not the new my repaired yeah warmth back and and getting my hands on one of one of Aaron's crafty mech monitor monitor pattern generators well I'm, I'm going to do the same I want to support Aaron and I'll, I'll throw my $40 down and get one of those guys and I just I just ask everybody listening to do the same you know support him and uh you know, make it worth his while to support us in this hobby and to give us the tools that we need to keep the games going, you know, another 30 years. Because, you know, at some point, Brent, uh, you know, we're going to take all these games, we're going to pass them on to somebody, and, uh, you know, they're going to need to be able to fix them too. So, I mean, it, it is. It's really important to support them. So, man, dude, I, you know, I didn't know about this before tonight, Brent. I had no idea. It's, it is impossible to keep up on all the threads on cloth and, and all the things that happen. It, there's, there's just too much going on. So, which is good. It, I mean, it's awesome. Which is great. And so, I'm excited. I will, I will look into this tonight. There's no doubt. 
All right, Whitney, that wraps my month up. It's, that's awesome, Brent. So so at this point, Brent, why don't we go ahead and uh, let's move into one of the listener-requested uh, editorial segments. And uh, like like I said at the onset of the show, this month we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about what is retro uh, to each one of us and uh, go through uh, uh, restoration versus refurbishment versus reproduction. And uh, we're also going to do another editorial, uh, Brent, uh, in, in, a, in an upcoming show on uh, the the uh, home consoles, you know, around the 2600, the NES, the 8-bit NES, the Super NES. Now, that's something, yeah, Whitney and I have got that on our on our radar. Yes. So it, it may be an episode or two out. Yeah, yeah we, it, it may we're gonna be. Have a, we're going to have a busy uh, several weeks here with the Louisville Arcade yeah, Expo. Yeah, but, but it's definitely We're excited something. about doing it. We're excited about doing it. We've uh, we've had a listener uh, suggest that to us. And, you know, when Brent and I talked about it, it's like, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, let's talk this through, man. Because it's that's kind of, to me, like the other side of the arcade hobby you know and so we're definitely looking forward to it but yeah Brent, why don't we go ahead and uh let's go ahead and and uh move over and, and let's let, let's let's talk editorial man would like to welcome everybody to uh, a little experiment that Brent and I are going to uh, run for this episode. And what we're going to do is what I would consider an editorial segment. Over the past uh, few episodes, we've we've kind of fallen into a little bit, and I'm not, and it's certainly not a bad thing at all. But we've kind of fallen into uh, you know a little bit of a, a pattern on on the segments. And the topic, you know, kind of the topics that we cover and everything like that. Yeah, I think it's worked really well, and they've they've been really fun to do. But we've gotten some listener feedback on some uh, on some topics that that they would like to hear us speak towards. And so Brent and I talked about this for a bit, and it's like, you know, why don't we mix it up a little bit this month and let's do one of the let's do one of the editorial segments. We we thought about it a bit and uh, decided that we would go ahead and cover one of the submitted questions from one of our listeners, Heath Dudley. And uh, Heath, if you're if you're listening, we appreciate your input on this. And uh, you know, I know it's taken a few months to get through you know some of the questions that you submitted, but we wanted to do it in a way that it was contextual to the to the rest of the episode to the rest of the episode, and it fit within you know the theme of the episodes that we were producing. So uh, this month we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about restoration topics around um, refurbishment of, of games versus restoration of games versus reproduction games. But before we get into that, we're going to do uh, just a, a quick uh, segue on what is retro. And so, Brent, uh, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and we'll we'll start out with this. I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of give my uh, take on this, and I, I'd be curious on on your rebuttal or on your feedback on this. And so basically, where I'm going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's okay. Hey, yeah, you know, know. It, it does make for interesting banter. <laughs> I will say that, but you know, it, Brent, it, it's it's interesting because this hobby means different things to different people, and I think that uh, you know we're we're all in this for you know a lot of the same reasons. And we're all trying to get a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same, uh, I guess you know, experiences and satisfaction out of the hobby. And you may say, you may say, well, okay, Whitney, what is that? And and for me, it's real. For me, it's reliving a portion of uh, past experiences that that I would consider to to revolve around, uh, you know, retro games. And just in just a retro time period, and you say, okay, well, you know, what what is that? 
And for me, it's Brent, it's a time period and it's a certain set of experiences. It's a certain uh, window of technology. It's a certain, uh, you know, it's a certain um, time of, of the, I guess, of the industry itself where it was young and it was experimenting and it was, and it was trying to, trying to, uh, you know, get a foothold in. And it was really, in my mind, kind of a wild blue yonder, so to speak. And all the games that we, that we saw that came out of Atari and Nintendo and, you know, Taito or uh, Taito, however, however you want to say that, uh, you know, in, in the pinball machines, the Gottliebs, the Stearns, the Williams, uh, and Williams on the video side and everything like that. Brent, we had such innovation and we had such variety of games and the manufacturers and and everybody just just trying to you know get a foothold into an industry that uh that you know when we look at where we're at today with largely uh you know with largely the arcades being gone and you know the console wars that are waged today between uh you know Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo for you know for for this mind share in in, in the console gaming market and everything you know Brent what what we experienced you know 30 years ago and the machines that we see pinball in in video arcade that we see from that time period uh that to me is retro because it signifies what it signifies the 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 forebear of what we have today now if if we were 20 somethings brent sitting here having this uh you know sitting here having this this podcast episode in this editorial retro would probably be something different to us because you know our our view of the industry is largely shaped by our by our understanding of the industry and our uh, coming to age uh, of of the industry as well, so I, I understand that retro would mean different things to different people. But uh, you know, when I look at when I look at you know what we have available today and what we what we collect and what we play, you know, Brent, all of this is out of production. It's out of print. It's out of availability. It, it's out of everything. And because of that, uh, you know, it 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 places a certain intrinsic value on on these items. And that lends to that lends to that retro that retro feel to me. It 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 it, it contributes to a time period that is gone by. That is not it, that is not today. It's not yesterday. It's not even three or four years ago. And you know, some people may say, "Well, Whitney, the original Xbox is is no longer produced. Is that retro?" You know, to me, that that's that's not retro, Brent, because. You know, it's based on a more common platform. Uh, it, it had it had such, you know, um, such wide variety, and and it, it had you know so many games published for it, and it was produced by it was produced by you know by uh, by Microsoft, and Microsoft has taken that platform and has rolled it forward. Okay, so yes, it was the forebear of of a more modern console, but it but it. It was a you know it was a part of an industry okay that that came uh, or or it was a part of the industry that was that was um, I would say a um, it benefited from you know the days of the past and even the decades of the past and so you know everything that Sony's done that Microsoft's done you know in in from from a gaming perspective Nintendo's done really from a gaming perspective is built upon the foundation from you know 30 years ago and so so it's that foundation that I look at that 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 builds the word retro to me I look at retro 
kind of as you do in, in terms of a time period. Uh-huh. But I look at it as a, I guess, from a, from a larger sense, from you know, ten thousand foot view. Okay. I look at at it. I look at it as a sliding window mm-hmm. that has its own meaning to uh, the individual. Okay. And you mentioned earlier twenty somethings may set. Yeah. Where we're setting, and from the perspective of the games, their retro is different than our retro. That's true. That's true. In my opinion, you almost have to develop what is your retro okay because you just have to have in my opinion you have to have that life experience you have to have a little time under your belt to get to a point where uh the next point i'll make where those the memories of a particular point in time in your life start to regain a meaning okay Okay? you're far enough away so to me when i when i talk to folks our age younger older now i've got i've got a good friend comes to mind right now his retro from the from the gaming perspective is electromechanicals okay and my retro and i don't know where this falls in the silver or golden age or whatever my retro is um your pack era you know yeah. your berserk era yeah. your early your L- late 70s early late 80s. 70s early 80s yeah see and, and, then, and that's my retro as well and then there's there's friends of mine that that their retros in neo geo yeah and a dmd pen so to me, retro is what, to, to an individual, I, in my observation, I'm trying to think of a good way to, to put this, is it starts at that point in time, generally in a person's life, where they start to really branch out from what is very comfortable to them. You mm-hmm. know, they're starting to get a little more freedom in the world. Um, in our day, we got to go to the skating rink or the pizza parlor or whatever the deal was. And in the video arcade, or we got out and we were able to go to concerts. If you want to tie what is music, what is retro music into kind of into the mix a little bit. Okay. We got to go to concerts. We got to do whatever. And we had that period in our life, you know, which is typically late grade school through high school and maybe just a few years out of high school into your 20s, early 20s, you know, 17 to 20, where you really grow as a person. And your your number of experiences in the world just magnify to to the nth degree. And then once that once that experience in the world, once new things coming in and out of your life become a little bit more commonplace, and it's a less it's a little bit less I don't know exciting or whatever. You know, you you kind of get into how the world functions. You get to that point where you're a few years removed from that golden age of yourself, that sweet spot. And then you look back and you want to gain that again. And okay. now that's where your retro is. Yeah. That, so, so you, so what you're, what you're saying is you're kind of, I have never had a philosophy. It, it, I have had one philosophy class. It and was you entry failed level. It. it was entry level. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, does that it, make sense? It, it does, Brent. And you know, I, I think it's, um, I think it's interesting that you that you approach it that way because you, I mean you're definitely bringing a very you know a very personal aspect to the discussion of what is retro and I and I myself along with I'm sure you know many of our listeners they they wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, one thing that that I that I feel that's that's kind of um, overlays that though is that there's also a commonly accepted. Uh, 
there's commonly there's a commonly accepted idea of what's retro to a large group of people as well. I would say that kind yeah. of generational retro, and, and, and that and I think that's you know, and I think there's there, there's that aspect of it as well that really kind of uh, overlays you know your you know your uh, vision of retro or in, or in my ideas of retro as well is if we were to take a hundred people and put them in a room and mm-hmm. show them a picture and say is this retro or not? By and large, I feel that that based upon the time period of of the item shown and based upon the person's age and then based upon the person's background if you can get all of those three things kind of kind of lumped together to where they're semi-consistent across the group you probably have most everybody agree upon oh, what's agree. retro and versus what's not so yeah I, yeah I, I think what you're talking about with their life experiences definitely plays into it on a personal level but i think there's a lot of you know the, the socio the socioeconomic part of it as well as long as just pop culture and you know well, and, just, think, and, and what we're exposed to just walking down the street or what we see on tv i think I think right now, today, this day and age, from from the perspective of John Q. Public or Jane Q. Public walking down the street, yeah, late seventies, early late seventies, eighties. That's that's today's generally accepted retro. I, I would agree because I think for most everybody that you would that you would feel like asking, you know, and, and this is no slight on the extremely young or the extremely old, but, but you're trying to hit a window here and, mm-hmm. and it's a window that maybe is even subconscious to you. you. You don't even realize you're going after a certain time period. It's just something that just kind of happens. And, and I think that that probably lends itself partly to what you were discussing and, and, and what I was discussing as well. It, you know, it's funny because I don't even know that you can, that you can, uh, that you can really even define what retro is, but you know it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> it and, and that's maybe the oddest thing about it uh, of all. Well, it, if it's a... Uh, um if it's shag carpet or if it's uh, an ugly brown that's couch, not, that's not retro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's I know re- what you, I know really what you're saying. Retro, it's, yeah. it's, it's, some to a certain degree, it, you can't really put it in words, but when you see it, you know it. You, you see it, you know it, and, yeah. and it's it's interesting because you know when I look at uh, you know when when I look at let's say. You know the newest Stern title. That's not retro to me at all. It, it, it's it's a it, it's somewhat of a retro industry, but it the machine itself is not really retro. But when I look at an Asteroids, that you know an Asteroids upright machine, oh, that's a, that's got retro written all over. Yeah, that it. screams. It that screams, screams design of the day. It screams design of the day, and and it's a classic design. That has stood the test of time, because otherwise, Brent, why would we even be doing this show? You know, that, you, know and, and, you make me think about, uh, and of course, this isn't directly game related, but, you know, yeah. the tide through seems like last summer, the summer of 2013 was to was like 80s type dress. You know, uh-huh. I've got I've got yeah. a young niece and she'll come over here and she she was wearing um, uh clothes reminiscent of what my sister her mother would wear yeah and she would even make a point to come up and say hey uncle brent take a look at this mommy had just like yeah yeah what's old is new yeah well the funny thing is (laughs) is that living it back in the day and seeing the modern interpretation interpretation of retro is slightly you can you know the difference you you know it's not yes yeah you, you know you know what is what is aiming to to hit the theme versus what was original yeah, yeah. what's emulating poorly yeah, yeah, yeah the the main the meme of retro the, the meme of retro <laughs> i'm sorry oh my goodness I, that's why i should look at her and say i'm sorry you, you've maimed that yeah no. yeah you've maimed that all up you know but, but I, I guess to me it comes down to personal yeah 
yes, you can probably come up with a, a for lack of a better term, a group think definition of retro. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it comes down to the individual's experience. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it with us, we may just because of our age group and our and the hobby that we have and the, yeah. the hobbies we have. Um, you know, I've I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm kind of a car person. I've I, I frequent car shows, and I've got a, a few things that I enjoy doing in that hobby but those cars that i enjoy also happen to be of that time period of the games that i enjoy i understand that's my experience yeah yeah i understand and you know what what i find to be interesting is if we were to if we were to once remove ourselves from the topic okay of video games and pinball machines okay and and of course that's what we're it's what we're hyper focused on but mm-hmm. if we were to remove ourselves from from the from this particular topic of study and we were to then you know let, let's say Brent we were into collecting surfboards or collecting uh yeah I don't know bicycles or something like that they, I'm sure that there would be an idea or there would be a time period or there would be a, 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 a way to distinguish uh, the, these, those bicycles and those surfboards from what was produced in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s versus what's produced today. And they would also be able to label those with, with the retro moniker mm-hmm. as well. So I, I don't think it's, it's uni- not unique to us. I don't think it's unique to what we do. I don't think it's unique to the to the uh, to the topic of discussion, you know, of, for this podcast or even the hobby that we're in. It's more so. Uh, it's more so a mindset, and it's more so a. Uh, I, I think you know, reliving a, a certain portion of your life that that you say, you know, yeah, I had a lot of fun here. This meant a lot to me, and and maybe it's it's even applying value or the realization of of something that that had far more value than the comparable items do today. You know, and so again, I I mean you can define it 150 different ways, but I know it when I see it. I yeah. know I know it when I see it. Well, to me a, a PS1 will never be retro and the day it does become retro, I retire. <laughs> so that's the day that the podcast is done. That's, yeah, right? PS One okay. is officially retro. <laughs> yeah, it, but it, you know, it, this is this isn't a unique discussion to us. I know no, that there's there's other it, podcasts there's that cover a broader spectrum of the gaming industry or the gaming hobby than we do mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that they have to deal with that sliding oh, window that sliding of, what's, window, of yeah. what's retro because you know the the to a certain degree if you look at the the gaming podcast we're pretty specific oh we are and, you yeah, know there's no doubt and we're still covering decades uh, uh, worth of games decades worth decades worth of games and, and content even current content that that is completely driven by those decades worth of games i mean it's too vast it's too wide in, in order to cover it all and and to and to throw the the retro you know tent around around something and say i've got it I, i've got all, i've got all of retro inside of here mm-hmm. It's impossible. You yeah. can't. You can't do you it. Can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. So, so, like I said, to me, it comes down to it's a time and a function of your life experiences. Yeah. But yeah, I I freely admit that there is there is 
there are things that would be deemed as retro by anybody, regardless of yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. So watches, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I think you can. I think you can attach the moniker to it once you know enough about the enough about the topic to discern the time periods and everything like that. Then, then you automatically start saying, hey, "Yeah, that's pretty retro," or "No, that's pretty modern." Mm-hmm. And so it, it's 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 definitely something that that you can that you can point to. But to actually write it out, I, I don't even know that I can verbalize it any more than I've done here tonight. It's, you know, it's even kind of a stretch to do that because it's in it's it's an idea in your mind, but it's it's something that's very hard to to say exactly what it is end to end. Well, okay, here's a good test. Yeah. All right. You tell me, Tempest, oh. retro or not? Oh, by uh, by far retro, very much so. Adam's Family Pinball. Uh, yes, retro. See, I'd call that. I wouldn't call that retro. You would not. No, I would go personally. I would go modern with that. Huh? And then, like earlier in the in the in the episode, we were talking about the roller disco. I'm walking. I'm yeah. working on. Look at that. Oh, very. That right. screams, screams retro. retro. Screams retro. And and you know, and it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that you and I have somewhat different ideas mm-hmm. or, or different interpretations of that because. Uh, you know, if if you were to, um, you know, if you were to, you know, take the centipede that's sitting behind us, that yeah, that's definitely retro. retro. What, yeah. What about the Neo Geo? Uh, you know, I I can't call that retro. See, I, I, I can't. I'm, neither could I. I put that in the camp with yeah. uh, Adams. Well, see, see, the the thing is though, um, and, and maybe this, maybe we start to pick apart a bone, you know, <laughs> when, when we do this here. But but the Neo Geo is not retro, but it's in the but it's in a retro format, okay. Yeah. And so it sits alongside other things that are retro, even though to me it is not simply because of the of the, power, the of the computing power that it has mm-hmm. and in the type of games that that it that it that it offers up they're not they're not they're not old enough or they're not pac-man like they're, they're they're not simple enough right, exactly. to, to be considered retro but when i look at the adams family machine that machine has got age on it beyond its appearance and so when i when i look at the time period that it came from and and the fact that it was so universally accepted for 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 being a success for what it was um and it's still simple enough to me that it's not one of the new Sterns or, or Jersey Jack machine or something along those lines that's, that's very 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 complex from the inside out. Yeah, to me that that's that's still retro. It's probably on the cusp. It's though. right on the edge. It's it's on the edge, but I I, I still have to give it that. I, I I do, but I I can totally I can totally see why it could be argued the other way. But but to me it is. But yeah, when you say the Neo Geo, nah, no well, way, here, here, no here's, way. Here's two more. Okay, Phoenix. Phoenix definitely retro. Yes, uh, Vapor TRX not in a not in the least See, way. There you no. go. That's and I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah if, if Vapor TRX. Nothing against the game. It doesn't even come close to being retro. I, I mean, maybe the but only thing in, retro I, I on like, it are, are are the coin max. And, and <laughs> I like the way you put it. It's in a retro format. It, it's in a retro yeah. format, but at its heart, it has nothing retro about no, it. No, yeah. no. There's a computer in it. There's a. Full, I mean, well, there's a computer in all of them, but there is literally, as we would define today, a computer in it. Yeah. So, well, and, and you know something, 
I don't even, Brent, and may, maybe this may be, th- this could even, you know, borderline on blasphemy. I don't know. <laughs> you know, sound the horn. There's no, there's no blasphemy in this house. <laughs> I mean, sound the horn if you, if, if you think I, if you think I cross that line. But, you know, Brent, I, when I look at a Neo Geo, it, 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 it offers a lot, but it, but to me, it has no soul, you know, but when I look at a pack or a centipede or a tempest or a pole position or something like that, it just, Maybe it's the dedicated hardware that it runs on. Maybe it's the purpose built. It's the purpose. It's the pur- purposefulness of everything that is in it. It's not swappable for anything else. You know, a Tempest board is a Tempest board. Mm-hmm. You know, it was per. It was. It was one hundred and ten percent engineered to be exactly what it is and only what it is. And it and it takes on an aura because it is what uh, it because is. it is what it is. It's so unique, Brent. It's like you and I. We we are very unique individuals even though even though we're still sitting here behind the mics together you know there's there's no substitute for any for either of us nor any of our listeners or anyone else out there you are what you are a neo geo you just kind of swap a cartridge and you know you just kind of sw- you swap the cartridge and you roll on to something tired of metal slug go you know get something else put in metal slug two they put in metal slug two or metal slug x or whatever it it, it, it loses something because of that you know in I don't know the vapor TRX that you mentioned. It's 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 so much, it almost stumbles over itself trying to be what it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, when I look at the Tempest, man, dude, it's just it's like here here I am. Either you know here I am if you like me, and here I am if you don't. Yeah, you know, it's just so simple. What would be because an, of that? What would be an interesting experiment? It it, it, ha- it has presence. What would be an interesting experiment? We'll have to try to do this. And I, I, a good venue to do this, to harp on this again, might be at the, the Louisville, Expo? At the Louisville yeah. Arcade Expo. Okay. We'll, <laughs> Walk we'll, around and give it a soul test? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you have a soul? Do you have a soul? How's your soul? Yeah. We, we'll have to grab a gamer that's yeah. outside of our age range. Yeah. And we'll just have the same conversation Asking, with them. Hey, dude, what's retro? Yeah. And, and see. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it, that's it, Brent. I, I don't know that we can, I don't know that we can talk about it much longer and get much further, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, and, and so, you know, he, th- thank you for submitting that. I, I mean, I think it's a great discussion. It's one that I think about quite a bit, you know, in, in, in the fact of, uh, in the fact of, you know, what we work on and what we do. So yeah, it, it's, it's really good stuff. So the other thing that we wanted to cover, yep. and actually I believe this came in, you know, Heath had asked us about Heath this. Heath had asked about this. And Brent, why don't you lead off with this? Because the, this can get pretty heated here, you know, because th- this gets into, you know, this gets into, full, you know, how you look at full it. Full disclosure, Whitney, I have a hammer over here. So. hammer, yeah. Just <laughs> so the, the, the heart of the question if is. If you throw it at me, Brent, just don't miss. Just don't, yeah, do it. Do it right. Yeah. So the heart of the question is what is restored mm-hmm. and that kind of begs yeah um restoration versus i guess modification mm-hmm. versus um i don't know functionality making yeah. something functional yeah. um you know it's no secret i've mentioned this before and i don't want to make this a car thing but i i've got kind of a car hobby background yeah. so it, we are not the only group to struggle with this, yes. you know, because, yes. you know, Whitney mentioned it, I, I think in one of the lead ups earlier in this episode, getting to, pre- to prepare for this segment, not only are you in, in, into whatever you do, you just, you're not necessarily working in a vacuum at this point. Yeah. You're not uh, taking a cabinet and you're not 
just, okay, whatever condition this cabinet's in, okay, I'm going to rebuild the bottom. I'm going to rebuild this. I'm going to use all of my skills, things that I have at my disposal to, to quote unquote, restore this cabinet, whether restoration means all the way back to a factory type spec or to you restoration means get it to a point where it's up, it's functional, it's working. The, where, where you add into this conversation is is the availability of, of aftermarket parts. So you, you start to cross that line of not only what is restored, what is your definition of restored? Uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to even put this. It's, it's not just what is the final form? Is it a, is to you restored a hundred percent stock appearance or is to you restored a hundred percent stock appearance with stock parts? You know, what, what really brings this to light is um, like reproduction cabinets. You know, I've got right here in front of me, Whitney, I've got a, uh, um, this, this is the January 2014 issue of, of Carcraft Magazine. Okay. And the reason I've got this is there's a company called RDS, Real Deal Steel. Say that Say that three times fast. That's probably why that's got RDS in Well, it, it's going to sound really hillbilly yeah. if I oh, say it three times fast. <laughs> that's, well, that's why I had to say it. Real deal steel? That's man. why I had to say it really slowly yes. and yeah. really enunciate. Man, I got hillbilly even on just the first one, Brent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh by the way, the uh, Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast is not affiliated with Carcraft Magazine no. or, or RDS. <laughs> or Real Deal Steel. Real Deal Steel. Yeah. So, you know, we're not the only ones to face this. And so... You've got your time pilot. Mm-hmm. We love our time pilot. You got your time pilot, and you're going to restore it. Love it. And to me, restoring, what do you, you re, you've well, got to restore to a state. Well, what, you, are, what state is that you're restoring to? Well, and you know, it's funny. You mentioned the time pilot, and you also mentioned the reproduction cabinets. Right. And, and, and I, I do want, and I I'm going to tie this into the RDS guys, too. Uh, okay. So go ahead. Go ahead. Cool, go ahead. cool. So uh, I, I want to be full disclosure. I, you know, I have uh, I've got several reproduction cabinets as well, Brent, because I have acquired some games that I got in the money. Okay, that uh, <laughs> they were really only worth the insides rather mm-hmm. than uh, doing anything with the outside. The parts happened to be the container that held all the stuff that was left it, it, good. It, it, the cabinet just kept it all from flying away while, while I had it in the back of my truck, okay? Yeah. And, and so a couple of my games I've gotten that way in the money with the understanding that, you know, I didn't buy it for the cabinet. And, um, and because of that, I, I've had to make the choice of, you know, what does Whitney want to do with Whitney's time? And when I say that, I say it in, in the true sense of the word of, you know, how, how much time is it really, you know, how much time do you really want to spend on rescuing a completely, um, you know, basket case cabinet, so well, to speak. Well, you know what? Let's, let's back okay. up one step from all that right. because okay. this will tie into the Carcraft magazine and all that. Define for me, in your eyes, what is restored? What is restored? What does if I know you're a little bit of a car person, so it could be in that oh, yeah. aspect or the game side. Yeah. If you've got this thing in front of you, and whatever the thing is, this widget. Yeah. What is what does it mean to restore the widget? Okay. 
when I think of restoring, uh, restoring an arcade machine or restoring anything really is you return it back to the, the, the manufacturer specs or you return it back to as manufactured using the same parts that were used at the time of manufacture. So you have essentially turned back the hands of time on a specific item, whatever that item may be. And you have restored it to the point to where it is it is as it was when it was originally produced. That to me is restoring With, a machine. Okay. So, okay. You using the same parts that, that were available at that time, or if those parts are not available, you use parts that meet these the exact same specification as the as those original parts. Because obviously there's going to be scenarios where you cannot buy it is impossible to buy the same parts that Nintendo or Atari used yeah. from the, from the same manufacturer with the same production runs and all that. It's just it's it's physically impossible because we cannot get in the DeLorean and punch it to eighty eight and go back to Atari's factory and get those parts. You're not going to find the right side of a Galaxian cabinet with art. Bingo! It doesn't exist. It doesn't. It and doesn't exist. You're you're right there with me. Okay. In my in my opinion, to restore something exactly as you said, just put it back to as manufactured specifications, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, down to uh, the bolts. If yeah. the bolts had X finished, that this is the finish that I want on them. That's exactly right. And where I have to, I'm going to use replacement parts mm-hmm. so now personally um in the case of, a, of an arcade game if i if, say i had um uh, did you use a specific game as an example i, I said galaxian earlier yeah, so, galaxian so yeah i've got a galaxian yeah, that's in front fine. of me and yeah. i'm a, and i'm one of the i personally happen to be one of the galaxian folks i'd put time in a galaxian i yes. like galaxian understand Oh, I was talking about time pilot. Oh, time pilot. Right? Okay, yeah, so time let's, pilot. let's stick with time pilot because because I was talking about my the, the reproduction cabinets that I right. have, and we can revisit that when we get to that part of the conversation. Okay. But I think we're yeah, we're, getting there. It, we're, we're we're a little too soon for that yet. To, to me personally, if I'm going to do uh, a Galaxian or a time pilot, yeah. to pick on those, it, and I've got just like you said, I've got I'm in the money. I've got a Galaxian, and the only reason I've got it is because what's left of the cabinet holds together the rest of the good pieces yeah it keeps the monitor from falling right. onto the bed of your truck right yeah if if i'm going to restore that i'm going to i want a galaxian i'm going to restore quote unquote a galaxian i am going to go find one of two things okay i'm going to find another galaxian cabinet uh-huh that's in better condition it's in than better the condition had, but still an original an galaxian, original galaxian that's cabinet right. that's right and then you know then we can get into the slicing and dicing of well, the art. Do yeah. I replace the art? Perhaps yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm going to go find a pack cabinet because I'm fairly certain they're dimensionally exact. I think okay. I, I don't believe there's any difference. Even there might be in the coin door area or like in the cap. Anyway, yeah. so let's just let's just let's just for for sake of argument say they are exactly the same internally and externally dimensionally. Okay. So the 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 best thing that crosses my path after a long search is a gutted converted but really solid pac-man pac-man cabinet yeah, okay all right well that's an original from the day factory produced cabinet and then i would take that as the base to restore my galaxian okay 
before I would go personally, and this is me, people and others would go, well, you're still swapping cabinets. What difference does it make? Yeah. I would go for that original cabinet and put some work into it and make it my Galaxian before I would break the cabinet down, measure it, and reproduce it, or buy a reproduced cabinet. Under, That's I, me. I, I completely understand. I completely understand. And you know, there's there's a um, there. I, I think there's there's an aspect to this. And I, I mean, do you want to get into the reproduction now? And I mean, well. To, because, I, because because we also have to talk about refurbish as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think, um, you know, I think you kind of hit it on the head with. I will say this, and then we can move on. Yeah. To f- as factory specs because <laughs> I, I've had this. Look, I'm not going to say this in car in, in games because I don't want somebody out there to go. Well, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so let's. I'll take it back to cars. Yeah. All right. I have gone and looked at many quote unquote restored cars. Yeah. And you open the hood and uh restored to that person was to spray bomb the engine compartment. Okay. That's not restored. Yeah. Uh or I rebuilt the front end, I restored the front end, but when you look at the front end, all the bolts are rusty. Yeah. Cuz the car had 150,000 miles on it. And they've got fresh shiny spots from where they were disassembled and reassembled by. Yes, you restored it to factory functionality, mm-hmm. but it's not restored. That's see, and and that's that's where we get into the whole discussion around refurbish. Brand. Yes, and and you know something, I will freely admit that when I look at my time and when I look at the games that I want to have in my game room and uh, you know the fact that I have you know a family and that I have a career and that I have all the things that 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 um factor into a multifaceted life I'm the king of refurb mm-hmm. Brent okay and yep. I freely admit it okay I'm and a refurbing son I'm, of a I'm a refurbing fool dude and uh and that's the only way that I have found that I can that I can make progress in this hobby that I can gain a multiplier of my time, that I can uh, enjoy the fruits of my labor within a reasonable amount of time, and uh, th- that I can have something that other people can enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, because here's the thing: when I first started, when I first started in the hobby, uh, I had uh, illusions of grandeur, and I'll free and uh, you know I, I've said this a couple times. I'll freely admit it. I felt like I could rescue everything that I came across, and everything that I bought was a restoration job just waiting to be done. And I can do it in a weekend. And I can do it in a weekend. It's no big deal, man. I'll knock this oh, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll get this done. Then reality sets in in the months that it takes. You know, I mean, Brent, you know, I look at, you know, like my project flip-flop. You know, I've got about, by the time that it's done, and I and I and if all goes well, the Donkey Kong 3 should be done this month, I'll still have three and a half, almost four months inside, in, into Project Flip-Flop, okay? That's just two machines, Brent. Oh, I and, can understand that entirely, and, 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 and absolutely. That's, and that's a refurb on both machines, okay? And so, you know, when I look at it, Brent, if I had to restore the machines, it would be, I, I won't live long enough, Brent. I, there's not enough human years available to me Okay, in in my in my paltry little uh, you know time here on Earth, compared to the grand scheme of things, Brent, there's not enough hours in the day for me to for me to restore the machines that I have, would ever hope to have, or even just want to play. Okay, 
and that's three different groups of machines. Okay. And so, um, man, I, you know, I, it's it's amazing to me when I when I look at the work that people do on restoring machines. I think the word restore gets used just. I think it I think it it gets used and abused, and people classify very extensive and very nice refurbishment products as or a projects as a restoration when it's not really a restoration at all. It's not even really close to restoration. What you've done is you've refurbished it to the point to where it's extremely nice extremely playable and is and is virtually indistinguishable from what it was 30 years ago but it's not even close to what it to what it was when it rolled off the line you know so and like i say brent the work that i'm doing on on the coin doors on my nintendo machines i'm not restoring those coin doors i'm refurbishing them to a very very nice nice and passable condition that to the layman would be exactly as mm-hmm. as it was new, but Brent, it's it's nowhere even close to what it was. Well, to, you, to you original. Mentioned, you mentioned um, uh, earlier in the episode having to do with the coin doors that you you strip them down and you paint them. Mm-hmm. Right there, you violate what you what and would I be have restoration. Set, set forth as our rule of restoration. Yeah, yeah. So so Brent, most ninety ninety five percent ninety five percent of what I do is a restoration. I'm sorry, a is, is, a, is a refurbishment, and um, it, it's the only way. It's the only way I'll be able to survive in this hobby with any modicum of a personal life mm-hmm. left. You know, it, I look at I look at some of the guys that do true game restorations in my hats are off to and oh my god it's beautiful arcades are one thing i mean because just in the refurbishment work that i have done i know how long it takes to do something and it takes you you kick that up to the next level and you've got guys out there that are taking even like in your ataris they will take apart the uh the uh transformer assembly in the bottom of the cabinet and they'll replate the they'll replate them and they'll that yeah. stuff that people will never see never see and really and it's just and, and never even know even if they saw it they wouldn't know it my hats are off and then the next step up in my mind is the pinball folks that they complete they'll take it, it's one thing and that's th- not to downplay but let's just talk about the next level it's one thing to do an early solid state game because mm-hmm. at the end of the day if you look at an early solid state game it's not that busy you don't have you're not dealing with ramps you're you've got a couple pop bumpers you've got limited numbers of of quote-unquote toys because you just couldn't drive that much with the technology so you look at even a, a, an early solid state pin that's the next level to me yeah because you've got a lot more going on you've got a lot more small parts and folks will take those down and they'll even get reproduction uh coil labels yeah and they're beautiful yeah and then the next major jump yeah is dmd dmd where your level of complexity is through the roof and your number of parts is through the roof yeah and then even to rubber band that back in time to <laughs> folks that do uh ems yeah if you ever looked in the bottom of an em game Oh my gosh! I mean, no wonder the thing weighs as much as a dump truck. Yeah, because it's full, it's full of stuff. It's full of wire and, and then, full of full of everything. And and that for folks, it's that's their passion. 
go for it. Go for it. But and that that's restoration. That, that that is restoration. I mean, Brent, when I you know when I look at um yeah you know, when I look at you know the games that I've been working on, what I'm trying to produce what I'm trying to produce is a very clean, very faithful, very uh very workable and very maintainable. Um, rendition of the game as it was originally produced mm-hmm. that does not violate the spirit uh, or or the assembly of of the game as it was as as it rolled off the line. Now, when I say that, I don't want anybody to think that there's that, that there's a desire to cut corners there because there's not. It's just it's just it becomes it becomes a uh, a very hard task though. To say, you know, as a, as a single collector, as as me being one man running, you know, running my collection and, and everything like that for the for the enjoyment of myself, my family, friends, and, and everything like that, you know, Brent, you you've got to you've got to um, you've got to take advantage of, of the time that you've got of the time that you have in making the most of your ability to get things done. But at that same point in time, uh, we go to untold expense. To keep it as original as possible, and and I think that's where the refurbishment versus the restoration argument and that discussion kind of meet kind of head to head because I can guarantee you that none of us none of us in this hobby uh, are are doing it as a profit center. Okay, oh and that, absolutely not, and none of us are are doing it to the point where uh, you know anything that we spend. Is uh, is is viewed as is something that that will come back as a monetary investment per se, you know all the money you know like the money that I that I spent on the uh, on the Asai Seiko you know Coinmax that we discussed you know earlier in the show, I'm doing that to to get it as authentic as I can, Brent within reason you know and, and some people may say well man that well you, you're just going completely overboard by getting new coin mags okay that's that's fine that's it's your, fine it's your it, it, it's, it's, it's my, your game it's my call and and it's based upon the deal that i swung with the Sai seiko to get those mechs delivered to my door but at the same point you know i'm i'm going for something that is as close as i can get it brent and and is as true to as true to what was done but I can't restore it, Brent. It, it's it, you know that that's just that that's a bridge too far for uh, so for, let, for what it takes. So let me ask you this: if yeah. you if you got to the point where you had a game room that had uh, several titles in it that you really enjoyed, mm-hmm. you thought that hey, look, this is a stable collection. I really don't have anything on the short list. I see it pretty stable. Yeah, you have a title set in either in the game room or maybe something that's set in quote unquote on deck out in a garage. Would you consider money aside? Because I mean, we we all admit that, that that's a losing proposition. It even is. even to tie back to my earlier comments about the automotive, you know, the automotive hobby. Yeah, you know, you if you're gonna have. I don't care what the car is. You're gonna have more money into a full end to end restoration than the <laughs> vehicle's worth. Than you'll ever get yeah, out the, of it. I mean, unless you can prove that it was Marilyn Monroe's car when she was 16 and you got really lucky in terms of what it cost. You're not, it, it's a losing proposition. Sure it is. Outside, yeah. You know, yeah. so for the love of it, could mm-hmm. you see trying a complete top to bottom as factory restoration? Oh, oh, oh yeah. You, you, you bet your bottom dollar. I would. I think that is one of the most respectable things to do uh, in any hobby is, is to honor, is to, is to honor 
honor the honor the the item honor the the spirit honor what what was done before you and return it to that point oh beyond a shadow of a doubt the problem is is that how 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 much time can we devote to that and you you'd have to pick and choose it wisely because maybe some people can do it very quickly Brent I cannot you know because mm-hmm. um you've it, got other you've got other aspects of your life that that take some time well and, and that take time and, and you have other do. responsibilities yeah. you know I mean I have a job I have a career I have a family and, and and so I have to balance everything Brent and because because I have to balance everything and that's not a bad thing at all I'm I'm thankful for that for needing to do that balance then you you have to you have to um you have to make the most of the time that you have and, and the work that you can do. So let, let's let's transition this a little bit. Let's talk about now in in the car hobby the term is resto mod. Okay. Okay. Right. And and let me let me modify that a little bit because I I love the 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 the, the term the word you applied to it. Let's let's step aside from the resto for a minute. Yeah. Because you're. By our earlier definition, yeah, we're not restoring. No, we're if, not restoring at if all. If you mod it, you know, <laughs> from, from you know, I don't want to turn this into uh, a Whitney and Brent t- car talk, but well, I restored this vehicle, but it, you know, this vehicle didn't have factory, uh, it it didn't have factory air, but I found all the pieces and put factory air on it. Okay, or you, a lot of folks will do that. They, they'll they'll stay true to the to the time period and the make and model with correct period parts but the car isn't what it was so to me that is a mod okay Okay? yeah so let's call it a a refurb a mod (laughs) instead of a resto mod a refurbished mod a refurbished mod and and i know i've it's right here, so it's right on. Uh, it's right in my mind, so it's a perfect example. I know I've cited this a bajillion times, but we're going to do it again. Okay. The dirty Harry sitting here. Okay. I refurbished it. Uh huh. Okay. It was very and, dirty, and it's and it's a very fine one at that. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. So it's functional. It's uh-huh. very clean. Yep. Uh, it all it works, but it's not a restoration. Yeah. I refurbed it. And I modified it. Now, I didn't get into any playfield modifications, but, you know, kind of like you were talking about with your Nintendo coin doors, uh, I didn't, you know, the the gun is a di- is painted to a different sheen, the coin door, the legs. Yeah. So we're, we're in a modification. We're in yeah. a, re- we're in a refurbed mod. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Is that kind of where... That's where I find myself almost That's all the time. That's where you find yourself That's almost all the time. That's where I find myself all the time because, because I guess I guess in strict sense of the terms now that I've thought about it that in itself is just a refurbishment. It, it is it, it is it to me it's just you know to what extent do you take the refurb? You know do you, mm-hmm. do you take it past what it was using different parts? Oh, there and, we go. Like and, like additional toys on a play field on a pinball yeah or or even you know bulletproofing you know like bulletproofing a 6100 okay or uh or 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 doing improvements that were not there to begin with now they don't they don't affect switchers in in arcades switchers in in an arcade game or or whatever um you know you may not uh you you may not be changing the essence of it but if you look at it, it's not what it it's not as let's say I'll use like a Tempest or sixty one hundred. I got sixty one hundred in a Tempest. It's you may bulletproof it, you may you know, you may install low voltage mods, something along those lines. 
But dude, you're, it is not as it was. Now it plays indistinguishable, and the monitor by and large is indistinguishable mm-hmm. from what it was. But schematic to schematic, it's not what Atari produced. So that's that would be a a refurbishment yeah. with, in that case, a non visual modification yeah yeah but i mean it it, it produces the Man, same we're, we're, we're slicing and dicing and we here. are slicing it's, it's, and dicing it's a complex it's a very complex it's a very complex subject but i do want to get us up to the point where we talk about reproduction yeah but, and yeah, i but, think it's where we're at now. yeah because because that that to me is kind of the, the kind of the end run here because um man we had talked about the time pilot we used that as an example a little bit earlier and brent when i when i got my time pilot it was it was horrible dude it was a fully working time pilot okay it still is a fully working time pilot but it was hauled out of a basement had some water damage uh rolled up uh at least six to eight inches up the cabinet oh okay and it was swollen it was falling apart it was um it would almost kind of collapse on its own weight if you rocked it back and forth a little bit. It was. It sounds like it was a little mushy. It was a little mushy wow. on the bottom, you know. But it worked. You powered it on, man. Time you played Time Pilot, man. You were, you were rolling. It was great. So when so when I looked at that and I said, okay, so you know, give the money for the machine, strike the deal, you know, get get a good deal on it, bring it on home. Life's good. But when you look at what you've got in front of you from a time perspective, it's like okay. So in order to restore this, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to find, you know, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna have to find the wood grain. I'm gonna have to cut the bottom half of the cat, you know, uh, I'm gonna have to cut not the bottom half. I'm gonna have to cut the bottom fifth of the cabinet, of, uh, you know, off or the mm-hmm. bottom fourth of the cabinet. Uh, I'm gonna have to, you know, uh, recut the particle board. I'm gonna have to uh, bondo it all together and then relay the, you know, re- relay the, um, you know, the the veneer, you know, or the vi- the the wood the wood grain finish mm-hmm. over top whatever of si- it, yes. whatever the sides are. Yeah, I sit there and I look at it and it's like, is that is that really what I want to be spending my time on? For you know, no, no slam against the time pilot, but honestly, I'd have to ask myself on almost any, but on on almost all, but the rarest of games, is that really what I want to be spending my time on? Whereas. I can take a uh, a set you know a set you know number of dollars you know a couple a couple three four hundred dollars whatever it may be, purchase a reproduction cabinet and then move the parts over and it solves so many problems all in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it the same game? I would say most purists would say, and it, most purists would argue no, because it's not it's not in the cabinet that it was produced in. And I I get it, I understand it, and I don't argue it at all. Okay, and especially with a reproduction cabinet, you know you're upfront about it. Totally upfront about it. You know, it. look, this is this is a this is in the spirit. It is dimensionally correct. For a time pilot, for a time but pilot. it's not a time pilot. But cabinet. it's it's not a time pilot cabinet. It, it's it's really not. But but if you were to open it up, is does it have all this? Does it have the original components, the original power supply, the original monitor, the original you know uh, the original um, you know control panel and, and controls and PCB and all that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's literally grafted. It, it's almost like a skin graft, so to speak. So it's, you're, you're, it's a cabinet graft. You're, you know, you're in that. How far do you go when it's not what it was? Even if that, even if the end result 
is identical to the that, that's exactly right you know brent my brother is an insurance agent and very very successful very good at what he does and one of the lessons that he has taught me is that you have got to know when your time has has exceeded the value of the item itself mm-hmm. and, and and i understand that and and i get that and i think for when you'd asked me the question earlier about would you undertake a a true restoration yes i would i most certainly would but but there would have to be other conditions that would have to be met before i would deem my time as being worth that investment Mm -hmm. okay at least in my personal life right now i i have not met the rest of those conditions that would make my time worth that so when i look at a reproduction cabinet from dp twiz who i've bought i bought several of his cabinets and brett you know if you're listening to this dude you 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 provided an extremely valuable service for the hobby and his his work is is top notch um but it's yes it's still a reproduction cabinet but that's fine you know brent to me that's fine because what it allows me to do is to get the rest of it all back and mm-hmm. in the cabinet not that, that part's done that, that part's done and i get to get the rest of the game back up and running with with everything else original you know brent to me i don't really mind that so now here now this this here's my view on that okay and th- this is this is just like it's, no, toma- it's tomato the, tomato yeah, you say is, firepower i say firepower, firepower. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah exactly yeah take a look at my phoenix down there that mm-hmm. phoenix is actually two different phoenixes the first okay. the first phoenix that i had was an apps it worked it had all the pieces and parts yeah but the cabinet was an absolute wreck okay it barely literally when i strapped it to the dolly the dolly crushed it okay it All was right. gone so it was a, it was a little mushy as well yeah huh? it was it was not right and, and you know something brent I, so you know daggone the particle board that they <laughs> use why couldn't why couldn't so, why can they just use plywood dude we so many more games would be saved so if they just use plywood that phoenix that phoenix that's down there yeah it you know the the i guess the luxury of it was is i wasn't absolutely just in a fit to have a phoenix uh-huh. so i was able to just wait until the opportunity presented itself and i found that phoenix cabinet okay. just as you see it sitting down there and it, it was one of the situation it was a situation where um i don't believe it had a board in it it was missing the control panel uh, it had a no chassis, and the neck of the monitor was broke. The neck of the tube was broke. Okay. But the cabinet Pretty was extreme. sweet. Okay. And at the end of the day, what I ended up doing is I replaced my cabinet, but with an original cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. Now, yeah. say I really just wanted to play Time Pilot. Yeah. And I had happened to amass the pieces for a time pilot i had the board set i had a time pilot control panel i had the art yeah okay and then when you get down to the harness you can you can buy a, a time pilot generic harness from bob roberts and you can run the thing with a switcher mm-hmm. you don't need you don't need the actually they were factory switchers. they were factory switchers actually yes so if i just if time pilot was my game yeah and you know that game was converted a lot the the, the century cabinets just didn't hold up well because the way the fronts Man, were made they I got know. kicked out real the ed the front corners of the sides i could see 
making a time pilot. Yeah. Now, what if I had the option, I might go and get a reproduction cabinet. Yeah. And I might make a time pilot. Now, of course, none of this is re- restor- restored. Oh, no. Not even you know, close. Or I could... I could put it in a generic cabinet. It's I not even really it. refurbished. Right. You know? I could make a time pilot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to me, it, it goes back to I would use personally as many OEM parts as I can, mm-hmm. even if I had to wait a little longer holding out to f- trying to find it or let it cross my path. And, and you know, I, I can I can certainly appreciate that. You know, I, I think uh, I think I'm probably in in the uh, group though that you know, like when I, <laughs> for good or bad, you know, when I look at a time pilot or I look at a Frogger or something like that. I cannot stand the wood grain, and so <laughs> well, you're going to mod it. it you're well, gonna, you're going to be a refurb a refurbished modification. Yeah, so yeah, and so uh, so you know when I look at you know when I look at a, a time pilot like a reproduction time pilot cabinet, the last thing I'm going to do is put the wood grain back. You're going to be it. dimensionally the same, but you're going to make it your own. Uh, yeah, just make it black, you know, yeah. or just or just you know just simplify it a little bit. And yes, it's not it's not a t- it's not a factory. Career time pilot or anything like that but you know Brent, once you're down that road does it really even matter yeah, here's more here's a here's an interesting uh philosophical thing to to debate in the in the car restoration world there is there's this question of okay well i'm willing to do floor pants i'm willing to do quarter panels i'm willing to do fenders i'm willing to do a hood you're not far from the whole body so what difference does it make if, for example, yeah. I, I have a GTO, I've got the VIN number and the title for a GTO. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. That's all I got. Or the GTO <laughs> the GTO was hit by a piece of, of space debris when the International Space Station did whatever. <laughs> yeah. Jettisoned something. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Skylab. 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 That's what I was trying to remember. Skylab. Skylab. That dates yeah. us right there. Skylab. That, 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 it definitely dates us. Skylab yeah. fell on my GTO. Yes. All right. Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade <laughs> Pinball Podcast. Skylab yeah. fell on my GTO. Yeah. So, the, you know, what's, if I'm willing as a car restoration person to replace floor pans, to replace a hood, to replace a fender, What's to keep me from going to get a Tempest body or uh-huh. Lamont's body rather? Yeah, and swapping the. This is a beautiful six-cylinder Lamont's nineteen sixty-six Lamont's. Now let's start swapping the plates. I'm going to swap the plate. I'm going to yeah. swap all the. G- I'm going to make it. Yeah. A GTO. Yeah. Is that any less a G- GTO than that is any less the original Phoenix that I ha- or if I took that that. That probably isn't a good example. Let's take that a time pilot and a uh, uh, the same where the monitor lays the same a Vanguard. If I used okay. a Vanguard for cabinet to remake my Tempest or my time pilot, is it any less a time pilot? Only if you knew that it was a Vanguard before. <laughs> okay, but but to anyone else who would look at it, it would be dimensionally correct yeah. for a time pilot. And unless you brought it up to somebody, they would probably never know that it wasn't a time pilot. It was a Vanguard that is now a time pilot. Yeah, so you'd, ho- you'd hope in the automotive world, Bob, when he sold his car, would be honest and say, look, Skylab hit my GTO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I replaced the entire... 
it's a it's all GTO parts. Yes. By the numbers, it's GTO. Dimensionally, it's a restored GTO. Yeah, and but it, it's and, not. And it's but it's not a GTO. But it did. It does have the VIN number of my GTO that so was hit by Skylab. So is that yeah. restored? No. <laughs> No. And that's that's where I'd hope folks would be with games. You yes. know, hey look, you know, this is this is why this game is you've obvious I've obviously worked on the game. It's obviously quote unquote restored. And we'll yes. we'll put refurbished and all that aside. Yeah. Hey look, when I restored this pack or I res- restored this Galaxian, I used a pack cab. Yeah. Yeah. I could get the art for Galaxian. I like Galaxian. I have to sell it right now. For, I'm moving on in the collection. Yeah. This is really a pack, and I restored it as, as, a, Galaxian. as a Galaxian. Yeah, yeah. It, it, don't re- present it for what it's not. Yeah, I think as long as you're honest about it, mm-hmm. and as long as you're upfront about it, because, you know, when, you know, when, I've, I've, when I get my time pilot done, you know, it will be, uh, it'll be a time pilot, but it will be in a reproduction cabinet. Actually, that makes me happier than a time pilot in a time pilot cabinet. If you want to know the truth <laughs> of it, because because I've improved upon it for for what I want it to be. Now, as long as I'm as long as I'm upfront about it, it's all good. But uh, you know, it, you know, Brenna, I'll, I'll say this. You know, kind of in closing here on this segment. Oh, I've got one thing to tie back. Oh, okay, we have, we have, all right. Go, go ahead and say it. Okay. Because there's somebody out there going, "What's the real deal, steel thing?" Okay, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, so so one thing, you know, Brendan, I wanted to say is that you know, it it doesn't really matter where you land, okay, on this discussion. The main thing is you're in the discussion because there are going to be um and I don't know how many have been finished, okay, but when you look at the number of reproduction quantum cabinets that that uh, DP Twiz you know cut and assembled that, that Brett made. When you look at the number of um, the number of reproduction metal parts that Take Man on Clove made for Quantum. When you look at the number of reproduction PCBs that were created for Quantum. Mm-hmm. And when you look at all the parts that you have to buy to put uh, to put that PCB back together to fire it up to build to build a quantum that never existed okay do you do you really have a quantum by atari standards no you don't okay you do not have well, a quantum well you're you're way outside of restoration now cuz you're in you you have reproduced you you've not restored anything you've reproduced you have reproduced and as long as you do not pass it for something that it's not I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever because what you've done is you've actually increased the playable number of quantums in the world significantly. Just don't just so, don't sell it as just don't sell it as an original quantum. This, this and then, is, I, then I've got no qualms. This is the tried and true. Uh, it, it, I can only speak from the other hobby, the automotive hobby. This is the long since had tried and true. Where is the crossover point when it's not what it was? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Well, it's still what it was because I only replaced the lower eight inches of the entire cabinet. Yeah. Or does or once I have totally replaced the cabinet, it's no longer what it was. Once I move all the hard parts over, yeah, you know, it's no longer what it was. Yeah. And well, that, that's kind of this. I, I'm glad we actually I got to this later because I I just looked down and re looked at the wording that's here in my trusty carcraft. Yeah. So, who is real deal steel? And then right here, I'm in the speed parts section of this, uh, the January 2014 ep- uh, issue of Carcraft, and it's a Camaro rebody. 
Okay. New Camaro body skeleton for 69 Camaros from RDS, Real Deal Steel. This is funny in the context of what we just discussed. If you have rust, water damage, Uh in your early Camaro, Time Pilot. Yeah. It is often a lot cheaper and faster to replace the body than to cut and paste new panels. Yes. The RDS body is made from 18-gauge steel and can be purchased in several levels of completion. It's a freaking Camaro. Uh Uh-huh. I could go out and buy it today. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And here's the thing. You know, when, when you look at these quantums that have been reproduced... Yeah, they'll never show up on an on, on an Atari uh, on, on, in, in in if we had access to Atari's um, you know let's say build numbers okay and we had access to everything that Atari kept record of on the quantums that they produced these quantums would never show up there the, Atari never made these machines okay but that being said you can't get it's very hard to get a quantum otherwise so so brent is it wrong what's been done no i don't no. see i don't see it well, as wrong at all to tie and, back and, to in the, fact i'm thankful that it's done to tie back in the car car space when uh, um probably i i'm going to date this probably incorrectly but late 80s early 90s when your hot rod scene was really taking off yeah there was money to be made in fiberglass ford bodies and fiber and yes. uh, not fiberglass and um uh, rolling chassis to make straight rods. Oh yeah, yeah. There's more hot rods on the road, but they're not hot rods. And they're, in the in the case right. in the case of like this Camaro, or in the case of like a reproduction cabinet, yeah, I used it to I guess technically restore the Time Pilot or the '69 Camaro. Yeah, but I think that's a bridge too far. It's yeah. not. What it, it's not the original game it, slash it, it's, car. It, it's not, but but Brent, what they have done is they have kept the dream alive. And, oh, I agree. No, and, and, I, I I I am not downplaying. Yeah, it. I think it's awesome. It, it is. It's great. And so, like with these quantums that, that that are that are out there, what they have done, they've done something that Atari did not do. They 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 got the machines uh, to more people than Atari could have gotten them to on their own. And they have kept this segment of the hobby alive. So, you know, Brent, for as much as I admire restoration and restoring, I also equally admire reproduction because someone cared enough to make it again. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and Brent, that to me is uh, is the other half of that discussion, and that's the reason why I hold absolutely no ill will whatsoever to the reproduction cabinets, the reproduction machines, any of that stuff. I, I think it's I think it actually speaks well for the hobby that that someone would go to that trouble to do that, because what they've done, Brent, is they've taken something that that could have potentially been lost to the annals of time and completely forgotten about. And they've made it relevant again. And you know, Brent, in at the end of the day, that's really all we're trying to do is preserve what is no longer there, or at least no longer made. How about that? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Brent, in closing, they all have their place. Just, just don't, just don't, uh, just don't make one of them 
uh, just don't make something what it's not. Okay. Right. As long as you represent it for what it is, as long as you understand what it is, it still has value restored versus refurbished versus reproduction. They all have value. They all have a place. Just, just let them be what they are and let them be part of the tool set that maintains the hobby and keeps this vibrant, uh, this, this vibrant ecosystem alive. So like a quick recap, this is our opinion. Yep, you know, this thing. I mean, it's worth it's, what it is. It, you know, it, we're just having a discussion. It's worth it's worth uh, every bit of three cents. Yes, exactly, it, and that's just the way it goes. Rest, a, a restoration is a return to as factory specification mm-hmm. with the uh, expectation that you're going to have to use aftermarket parts in some situations. Just because that's what you have. Yeah, yeah, because it's impossible to get anything else. Beyond that, um it's safe to say the majority of us are refurbishers. Yep. And there's also an aspect of modification whether it be uh, um and, and I'm kind of seeing the modification more of a visual thing where I either change the art on a game Maybe I change like some of the some of the editors where you can change the characters in a pack. Yeah. Or in the pinball, you know, because that's a heavy modded. That's a heavy cottage industry. They're modding pinball play fields. Yeah, it is. And uh, um, then at the end of the day, when you get in, the the line tends to be at least I think what we're agreeing on in our opinion, the line is if you do a full cabinet swap. Yeah. You're in the spirit of what was originally produced. Uh huh. But Yo, it is. As they say, yo, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's still reproduced. It's, it's still right. Re- it's still a, re- a reproduction. Even if you used original parts, you know, it, it's it. It to me, it's probably a, a. It's probably kind of blurring the line between a refurb with a reproduction part, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's still, Brent, it, it 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 still is what what it is. And as long as I think it's not it's not misrepresented, then it it has value and, and it has a place. You know, and and I you know I myself my collection will. Be, will be comprised is comprised of mostly refurbs and some reproductions doesn't bother me in doesn't the least bo- i wouldn't bother me at it, all it does not bother me at all i wish everything was restored i wish everything was mm-hmm. restored but uh you know brent there's uh, it, i think that's probably a bridge too far you know for for most of what people for for what most people can reasonably accomplish within a reasonable amount of time now that being said, if I was bankrolled and and I had absolutely nothing else to do with my day, uh, you know, twenty four hours a day, where I could do some restorations. I could do, I could do some restorations where my entire goal was, you know, in between the time that I sleep and I eat, I restore machines. You know, refurbish. Oh, 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 oh! If you were bankrolled, if I was bankrolled, yeah, exactly. So, you know, Brent, like I say, it's 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 a topic that's as long as it is broad, and uh, it's something we can sit here and debate for yet another, you know, three three to four hours, but. You know, I, I will say this. I, I I will give thanks to Heath. I mean, uh, he he gave us some good some good uh, questions to go on, and I think sparked some lively discussion. And you know, and I'll even be thinking about this for the next several weeks. Oh yeah, this it, is a it, debate that'll never go away, it, it, and yeah. it never goes away. And I and I think about it when we're at the expo. I think about it when I see machines. You know, Brenda, I think about it when I look at all of your machines. To what degree did you refurbish each one of these machines? I don't see anything here restored, uh, and, and I, I don't. I don't even know 
know where to go and see restored. I, I I'll be very honest with you. I don't even know where to go and see restored machines because it, by by the by the true sense of the definition, I, I really don't even know where they are. I would agree. I would agree with you. You know, by yeah. the definition that we've laid out, by the definition that I think we would agree on, a lot of folks would probably agree on. You I, know, I would hope so. I, it, it it almost made me think, maybe, maybe we're splitting hairs. But it it maybe almost not. at one point in time it almost made me think what what would happen if um, the arcade you know, video and pinball world got like some of the, the, the car collector where there's guidelines and you didn't just, you know, they've evolved their shows into, I will come and I will have my car point scored yeah. for its originality. Yeah. But yeah. that wouldn't be any, that's, that's no fun yeah. because you can't, you don't enjoy the car. You, you, you don't, don't enjoy, enjoy the game. You don't enjoy the game. You don't even enjoy why you're doing it. It it, yeah. it, it it becomes a job rather than a hobby. And you know, Brent, at that point, it's it's then why why continue to do it? But you know, one thing I will say, and in in closing here, is and I'm guilty of this as well. I use the word restore to mean refurbish, and and because I, I realize that I, I can I cannot get to restore level, but but in common vernacular with everybody outside of the hobby, when you say that's refurbish, they go, huh? <laughs> they look at you sideways. You and send it all, back to the factory. Yeah, and they, did what to they, it? they did what to it? I mean, they, it really, you can send that thing back, and they can go through it, and it's like, no, 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 no. I restored it, and they go. Oh yeah, you did a good job too. It looks really good. <laughs> so you know something, we we butcher the terms. I'll butcher the term tomorrow. Yeah. But as long as as long as I think we all understand why it's butchered and what it's butchered for, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. All right, Whitney, I think that was a lively discussion. <laughs> yes, very much so. Very yeah. much so. Well, Brent, I tell you what, why don't uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about uh, here in closing on the episode, let's talk about some upcoming shows and events, and uh, let's go ahead and uh, close this guy out. I'd like to thank everybody for hanging there with us through this episode. As Whitney mentioned earlier, a little experimentation with the format, changed up a little bit. I, trying to I love the unstructured, structured discussion. Exactly. Yes. We, we, uh, we started the series off, the podcast off with, hey, look, we don't we don't want to kind of do a, a, a standard format type of a, of a situation. And it turned out that it ended up being like that to a certain degree because of just yeah. you know the opportunity presented itself and yeah so it was a good chance to go ahead and, and change things a little introduce a a new idea a new segment type and uh, whitney and i really enjoyed it and it was fun it was fun i think i think we're gonna we're gonna see a reoccurrence of that editorial type type segment so and, and you know and i'm I, I am really looking forward to doing the classic console editorial as well that that's going to be great but yeah Brent, this this episode has been a lot of fun uh you know they, they they won't all be a certain way, but this th- this one's been cool. Can we, we're gonna have to get a topic where we're a little farther apart on the on the point, so yeah. that maybe we can come to blows. Hey, there you go. Yeah, be a little more polarizing. <laughs> yeah, be on a it. little bit more polarizing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Whitney, I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you've got a, a list of uh, upcoming events that we'd like to touch on. Give some a uh, uh, little, little little notice to some folks out there. Some 
event organizers and yes. you know some of the events we will we will be at and some will make an attempt to attend and if you see us out at the show please come up and say hi to us shake our hand yeah tell us uh, uh tell us what you think we'd love to hear from you yes. so whitney why don't you go ahead and hit it sure thing so we've got uh brent some upcoming shows and events and one thing i will say is that uh, if anyone out there listening has a show or has an event uh, or a topic that they'd like for us to mention at uh, this part of the show, or even you know, focus uh, as is a is a primary topic in the show. Please uh, contact us via email, uh, post uh, post to us on our Facebook page or Twitter, and uh, and just you know, get in touch with us. You can uh, email us at uh, at uh, podcast. I'm sorry, broken token at outlook dot com, and uh, you know, just get in touch with us or uh, use the contact us uh, form page on the website. Either way, there are many many different ways to get in touch with us, and we'll be happy to talk with you and feature you uh, here on the show now the 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 main uh the main show that i did want to talk about the main event that is coming up naturally is the louisville arcade expo we've spent some time uh talking about that uh here on this episode that is uh, march 7th through the 9th 2014 at the ramada plaza hotel on louisville kentucky uh more information can be found at www.arcaderx.com uh, now we did talk about the live uh, the live streaming the, that we are going uh, to be lining up to be doing the panel discussions as well. One thing that we did not mention though, Brent, and it's something that I that I, I feel very passionate about, and very strongly about. Uh, is we are going to be taking up a donation for Barry uh, Barry Alsler and uh, Barry Orsler. I, I think that's pro- the proper pronunciation, the, uh, pronunciation there. Barry Orsler and his wife. Uh, Barry is very sick, and his wife is uh, sick as well. And now, one- for, real quick, for those that don't may not recognize the name, yes, uh, Barry is a pinball designer. He'd been in the industry for several years. Yep. And uh, I know he he's he did Dirty Harry. Yes. And I think uh, Space Shuttle. Space Shuttle yeah. and Pinbot. Pinbot. Yeah. He did quite a bit of work with uh, Python Angelo. Yes, very very much so. From from a design, uh, you know, one design, one artwork perspective, they they work together quite a bit. But for everyone who doesn't know, both Barry and his wife Donna are very sick, and uh, Barry has been running a a, don- a donation campaign to help cover some of the medical expenses that. He and his wife are are incurring due to their due to their medical situation, uh, and I, I'm reading this straight from uh, yeah, I'm reading this straight straight from their uh, GoFundMe site. But it mentions here in February th- uh, 2013, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. Uh, the treatments and prescriptions. Uh, are not covered 100% by insurance, so the bills are piling up. Last July, Donna was di- Barry's wife Donna was diagnosed with kidney with kidney failure. As a result, she must receive dialysis three times per week, and her prescriptions are very expensive. Uh, so Barry and Donna have have got some challenges uh, going on in their life right now, and with Barry being such a highly regarded individual in the pinball community and having contributed. Uh, to this wonderful hobby uh, for so many years during his career, uh, he is he has uh, now reached back out to the community and asked for some help. So Brent and I will have a uh, will have a, a donation. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, Brent a can. And we'll have a donation uh, can there uh, at our table at the Louisville Arcade Expo. And any monies that you feel like donating, uh, you have our our personal guarantee that one hundred percent of that money. 
money. Every penny dropped in that can, we will get to Barry Ausler and his wife, Donna, to help offset some of their medical expenses. So please consider just dropping a little spare change, a couple bucks, whatever that may be, uh, and uh, pick up a free uh, you know, Broken Token uh, bumper sticker while you're there, make it, making your donation, what have you. Uh, we would really appreciate uh, everyone uh, helping Barry and his wife, Donna, out as much as possible. Hey, Whitney, let me touch on this. And this, yeah. is, this is my fault. I should have had this up earlier. So that folks that may not uh, be familiar with a lot of the designers by name, I'm going to run. I've got. Uh, I just looked up Barry on the um, Internet Pinball Database. And okay. He's got 39 matches for for games that he has made. It's amazing. And you know, there's some there's some titles in here that that are are pretty well well known. Uh, Bad Cats, Barracora. Uh, he did the uh, the the theme park games. Your Cyclone, your Comet, and your um, Hurricane. Um, Doctor Who. Yeah, do- yes, Doctor Who. We met, we we failed to mention that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up front. Yeah, big one, big one. He did Fire for Williams, uh, Grand Lizard, Gorgar, Gorgar. Uh, yeah, I forgot that. Dude. Joust. Yeah, Joust. The pin- Joust pinball. Joust pinball, which which is a brilliant, brilliant machine. Have, have you ever played one of those? Brilliant? I have. Yes, Golly, I have. They're they're amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. You ever want to see some kids have fun? Put two kids, it, it put a kid at either end of Jazz Pinball and let them roll. It's amazing. Uh, you've mentioned Space Shuttle, mm-hmm. uh, Space Station, which I believe was the follow up follow for Space Follow on for Space Shuttle. Space yep. Shuttle. Yeah. Um, uh, Who Done It? And uh, of course, Pinbot, and, yeah. and there's uh, there's several other titles in this list. So yeah. you you may not know Barry by by name, but if you've played <laughs> pinball a few times at a couple of these shows, you you know Barry. You know Barry, and you've benefited from the fine work that Barry has done. So so like I say, we will be taking up a donation. We will make sure that it all goes to Barry and Donna, and we will make sure that they know that uh that everyone who visited the louisville arcade expo uh cared and and that they that they uh took some time and a little bit of cash and uh and, and tried to help tried to help uh one of our own out so uh on top of that brent we've also got the uh the cag dc classic arcade tournament that is uh happening in chicago at uh the the newly renovated uh logan uh logan hardware arcade um, that is uh, running from Friday, March the 28th, 2014, to Sunday, uh, March the 30th, 2014. And uh, I'm planning on on attending that tournament as well. This will be the third. Uh, this will be the the third time that I have played in that tournament. And it's uh, it's wonderful. It is uh, it is uh, essentially organized and, and run by Mark Alpiger, uh, who runs the CAG DC uh, forums, CAGDC.com, the Classic Arcade Gaming.com forums, and um, and Mark, uh, like I say, organizes the show and then puts it on uh, in in tandem with uh, one of my uh, dear friends, Mister uh, Mister Jim Zaspi, who owns Logan Hardware there in Chicago uh, proper. So, like I say, that's a great tournament uh there's uh, there's plenty to do there uh chicago is a great place I, I i love the city for all that it offers and uh it's a very very low uh very low entry point uh to to get into that uh to get into that tournament and we'll have all the details on the blog post as well if you're interested in that uh Brent, we also have the texas pinball festival that's happening at the same time march 28th through the 30th 2014 at the embassy suites in dallas 
at the uh, at the uh, Dallas Frisco Hotel and Convention Center in Frisco, Texas. More information on that can be found at www.texaspinball.com. And then, Brent, uh, rounding out the uh, the events here that we have to mention, uh, on June 20th through the 22nd, 2014, at the Atlanta Marriott Century Center, we have the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and that is put on by our, our, our friends uh, Patrick and Preston from the Game Room Junkies. This will be their first year that they have have uh, been that they have uh, put on this expo uh Brent, i'm planning on going down for the expo i'm looking very forward to this it's going to be like louisville arcade expo south and so it's it's going to be it's, south yeah it's going to be fun and so i'm looking forward to uh to seeing uh, uh you know patrick and preston and meeting up with them uh going to the uh you know to to the really cool panel discussions that they have uh and uh, and really just you know just looking forward to to spending the weekend with uh you know with with some of our friends down in atlanta it's going to be it's going to be great now, Whitney, I haven't committed to going down to that show yet. I need to look real closely okay. at it. But, um, you know, I, hopefully I can make it down as well. I hope I'd love so. to go down and support Preston. Yeah, Patrick. yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, they're, they're great guys. And, you know, uh, Dana and Joel and everybody that's working with them behind the scenes, they're just just quality people. And they're they're doing they're, – they're trying to do a very good thing. So they're certainly uh, – they're certainly, you know uh, – uh, knocking out all the stops in order to make that happen. So, so yeah. So, like I say, Brent, that's that's what we have as far as uh, upcoming events and shows. And uh, would look forward to uh, meeting our listeners out there to each one of these, uh, if if at all possible, that they could make it. So, uh, Brent, with that, I think we're about ready to turn it over to Christy to take us out. I just ask that uh, everybody just uh, please consider giving us a re- uh, a, uh, a review on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Uh, we're we're on all the major social media outlets facebook uh twitter at brokentoken.com and you can also visit us on our website at www.brokentoken.com and uh brent with that i think we've had a fantastic episode we thank everybody for listening we look forward to seeing uh seeing everyone over the next uh you know over the next couple of months and uh we will be back in the saddle again for episode number seven and until then game on Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, and raves, both good and bad. Email us, podcast at brokentoken.com. Follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token blog. Want to talk to us in person? Call us, 502 502- and leave us a voicemail. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, tech tips, and expanded show notes from this and every episode of the podcast. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com, that's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com, for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. I'm recording now. You are recording now? We're hot. We're hot. I'm just being a hot mess. Let it happen, Captain. All right, let it happen, Captain. Maybe I don't.
I'd like to thank everybody for hanging in with us thus far. Through well, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that on there. Yeah. <laughs>